Hayes, Lauren, and RJ. The Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Greg's along for the ride with Hayes Carlyle and Lauren Brooks and RJ Saunders. I'm Frank Frangie on a Friday installment of our program, as always. Our Friday is brought to you by our friends at Big Chief Tire Company, the best tire company around. Really trust, really appreciate our friends from the Big Chief Tire Company with five locations in town. Frangie and Carlion, Brooks and Saunders, this is it. One more game, one more outing, trip to Music City. You ready for Music City? I Can am. You handle Music I feel City? like I need some like Rocky music. Yeah. You know, like dun dun da da dun da da dun da da dun 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 da da 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 dun da Like I mean, this is this is big. First of all, that was also a great show moment. What that was. And Lauren, I don't appreciate you not great. appreciating it greatly because well, it was a I, great moment, but it was. I've been told not to sing <laughs> or hum. Yeah, yeah, same. Okay, so, so I'm yeah, right, with right with you. Right with you. No, so, I thought so, y'all sounded marvelous, so, and people so, have enjoyed your singing so, of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You know what? I, I certainly, uh, there's a bad rumor out there that I'm not a good singer, which bothers me greatly. <laughs> but but I, there was Notre Dame fights on gave me a resurgence of sorts. Yeah. I think. I think yeah. that, that was a little. You could also mm-hmm. sing Rocky Top if we requested <laughs> it. They, 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 I don't have a lot, but I got yeah. those two. So there's that. Um, How many fight songs do you know? <laughs> like, because you know all well, the Jersey numbers. Are we sitting you know on yeah, like? You know, do you know, you know all the fight songs too? You know, here's the, here's <laughs> the deal. <laughs> here's the deal. The only one I can sing start to finish is Notre Dame. But I will break it out at any moment. Okay, just so you know, they don't have to be playing. So not even the Florida one. I don't even know the Florida oh, one. Oh no. man! I oh, I know I the know. Florida one. I do. You? I don't know the one. Yeah, I mean, let's hear it. No, <laughs> but uh, well, I'm saying. I mean, I can't. Believe I, I don't I know wouldn't. any of the words in the Florida one. Isn't it? Really? I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. Any of the it words. starts with "Give a cheer for the orange and blue, waving forever, forever, pride of old Florida." Yeah, I know. yeah. I, I, do you May know she droop never. You know? No, I know the other one. Where palm and pine are blowing. Where the southern seas are flowing, yes. stand forth thy. That's no the. Uh, that's called the that's alma, the alma mater. mater. Okay, that's we what right. I know. We refer to that yeah. as the alma mater. That'd I be couldn't called, remember what it was. That called. would be called the alma mater. The alma mater, I know the fight song. I don't, which I is really sad. I think you would sad. know the fight song if it played. Okay. If it played, but um, but yeah. So I also know the Washington State fight song because uh, John Candy <laughs> sings it throughout the movie Volunteers, that's which fantastic. is excellent. Yeah. Oh. So if you've never seen it, it's a gem. Yeah. It's one of Tom Hanks's first movies. Okay. So it's Tom Hanks. It's Rita Wilson who ends up yeah. marrying Tom Hanks. Hanks. Up, yeah. They ended up getting married after meeting on set. And John Candy, who is fantastic, is Tom Tuttle from Tacoma, Washington. I've never so seen it. So it's about the Peace Corps. It is hilarious. It is very funny. Yeah. But I didn't realize that. But I, so you know the Washington State fights on Because of Tom Tuttle right. from Tacoma, Washington, the, uh, played by John Candy. <laughs> um, the, um, no, I know the Notre Dame, and I know the one verse, uh, the one verse of Rocky Top. Okay. So that's all I got. So rather, than, good. rather than 133... I know yeah. one and a third of the 133. Mm-hmm. So Jamal Lewis's number. 31. There you go. He's yeah. back. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm good there. Yeah. Okay. The, 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 I never faded on the numbers. I never. No. I bet if I went through Florida men's basketball from 10 years ago, you'd get them all. A lot of them. Yeah. Not a, but I, uh, the, uh, so I was talking to a buddy of mine over the holidays about the greatest defenses we ever saw. And the, be- the first great defense, again, again, it's all – it's all your dad. You know what your dad tells you. Right. You, know? you, you kind of know what your dad told you. So the first great defense, of course, was the United's Colts, even though he played offense. But uh, the 68 defense, which lost to the Jets in the Super the the, the, the name right. of Guaranteed Jets. Mm-hmm. That was like this great defense. Okay, it's, I mean, it was like the first great defense I'd ever heard. So it was in the 1968 season, which I would have been nine and turned 10 that year. So sadly, 
and I'm not totally proud of this because it means you have no life, I guess. I ran off all 11 starters and their numbers. That's incredible. In 19, wow. 19, the 1968 Baltimore Colts defense. You should have been a code breaker. <laughs> Literally, I ran <laughs> and, my, and we're sitting up there at the club. My buddy goes, that is sick. It's not good. Yeah. And I said, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but I ran off. I literally could right now run off. In, in fact, the uh, in fact, I won't say what it is because it's private. But uh, just so you know, our door code here at the radio station, because you have got to find a way. We change them all the time. Right. Okay. One of our door codes at the radio station is two of those starters. Okay. Just saying. Oh. How about that? Okay. So, so there you go. How about that? One of the door codes we've had at the radio station. We're going to have a break in this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. that's right. <laughs> It's right. that Raymond Barry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. I think it's a, a crazy good thing that you have that kind of. I, 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 There's no chance that I yeah. would ever be able to. Yeah, I'm not sure what I had for lunch, but mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell you, <laughs> but I can say I had that. So, um, so, but yeah, so there's, so there's that. So, all right, a lot of things to talk about today on the program. Um, obviously, the big thing is this: uh, the Jags. This really is a special time. If you think there's been 29 years of football here, and only once. Only well twice. Only 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 one two year stretch in that twenty nine year period has this team ever won a division in back to back years, and they're about to do it if they win the game. That is really good, man. That that is good stuff. I, I said it earlier in the week. This guy Doug Peterson shows up, and a team that was that had won four games the year the two years before he got here wins a division, and is, and I think he's going to win it again. That is that is good stuff. I mean, it is it is it is really good. And embrace what this means. I, I'm so happy that I hear a lot of people are going to Nashville for the game. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and and well, here's what I'm told: the Jaguar fans they sold out the Southwest direct flights to Nashville. Did you know that? Yeah, because I barely got on. Okay, so did you get on the Southwest? I'm on Southwest. You barely got on. Okay. Barely. I literally, I think it was the last seat. Yeah, going because they sold out. The Jaguar fans sold out. You're going Saturday. Yes. Jaguar fans sold out Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. They sold them all out, the direct flight to Nashville. There's some people I'm told are going connecting flights, and now a whole bunch of people, including a bunch I spoke with today, are driving because they're not going to not go. I mean, that is – and listen, I don't think the Titans are going to sell out sell their tickets. You've made that point. Not a great fan base, and it's a it's a forgettable season. It's a let's get out, let's get on with the season. So those tickets became available. Jag Nation went and got them. And so I think it's going to be. I think there's going to be some teal in that ball yard now. I do too. I mean, I I really I really sense that. I sense there's going to be a lot of it there. Like, what do you think? 60 percent Titans, forty percent Jags. You know, that might be a yeah. little aggressive, but yeah, Close headed to that. that. Head, yeah, yeah, I think headed that way. I think. Which game was it earlier this year that we heard the Duval super loud? Was that in My, London? That, no, no, no. I know the one you're talking about. It was New Orleans, maybe New Orleans. New Orleans. The Thursday night, okay, at, yeah. the Thursday night at New Orleans. And the, so I uh, think it's going to be like that. Yeah, it'll be it'll be if it, it maybe not sixty forty, but but it'll feel like sixty forty. So I so anyway, it's a big it's a big moment for the Jags. It's a it to go win the division for the second year in a row to have a home playoff game for the second year in a row to do so to start on this run that you've never been on. You've only been on one other time. Uh, it's exciting stuff, and and I'm really glad you caught up with Evan Ingram, who's again what a glue he's been. Yeah, what what a glue piece he's been with. With no Christian Kirk for a while, with Zay Jones in and out of the lineup, with Calvin Ridley trying to find his way, with Travis Etienne beat up, with the offensive line struggling, uh, with the quarterback playing but hurt so much and not playing last week, boy, 17 has been the doggone man, hasn't he? And I, 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 I am so glad you caught up. If you could have picked a guy, I would have said that's the guy. He's been magnificent, and uh, what a what an unbelievable season to be one of eight tight ends ever to have a 100-catch season, and he's just been so dependable. 
to your point from yesterday, I mean, how many of those catches were in big moments, you know, kept drives going? Absolutely. And so, yeah, I mean, it's you do get a sense that they're getting healthy at the right time that, you know, they they went through a, a difficult kind of two months, but really difficult month. And, you know, now you, you look up on, you know, being out there today at practice and you see Christian Kirk running around and you see Zay Jones running around and you see Trevor making throws and uh, you, you definitely get a sense, you know, about, you know, Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland or, you know, uh, rounding into form from a health standpoint. So, you know, this, this whole thing, it feels to me, could be lining up perfectly for them in terms of where you want to be. Obviously, you'd love to have the one seed in home field. I, I get all that. But in terms of being able to be honed and focused at the right time and healthy at the right time, if they can win Sunday, I think they've got a really good mental state going into the Cleveland game. And I think they would, like I've said, I, I, I'm – I'm almost uncomfortable how convinced I am they're going to beat Cleveland. And then then you're off and running and you hope you, you know, you go on the road and 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 keep it going, but they're getting healthy at the right time, they're getting confident at the right time, but there's still that I think humble modesty from the losing streak that's in there, which is a uh recent reminder of how there's such a thin line between winning and losing in this league. If you didn't know Trevor had a shoulder injury when you were out at practice today, would you have known? Mm. No, but it's it's I wouldn't I I would say it's a great question. I I would say that it's hard to not know in that sense. So, mm-hmm. cuz it's yeah. you're not you're not really when you watch Trevor, and here's the other thing, like I haven't really seen you know, I I don't go out to practice like we don't watch the whole thing. So it's hard to get a constant gauge of where he is. Uh, there was uh, one time where he threw and he kind of put his arm up to the shoulder, but then he had like 15 more throws that, that we saw. So overall, I was, I was encouraged, um, but it's, it's also hard because, it, again, it's not 11 on 11. It's not, he's not trying to beat a defensive back on anything mm-hmm. that you're seeing in the media portion. So it – I was encouraged more because of the length of throws. Like there were no, like, again, they're just not going to throw 50 yard bombs in the setting that the media is out watching, but you know, they, they were certainly more than just intermediate. I mean, he, he had a couple that were probably 30, 35 yards, uh, just, you know, throwing into nets and stuff and, uh, it looked good. So, you know, I mean, I, I, again, not being an expert on it, I would say he looks like he's 90% to me. From what I saw, you can dial back what what happens at practice to protect a guy with a bad shoulder. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Hayes, I don't see him every day either. But you can, because it's a good question. When you were asking, I'm wondering the same thing. But you can, you know, you can dial back the drill. So if you have a weak shoulder, you're not making 60 yard outs or whatever. So, um, uh, but yeah, I um, my gut is he's going to try and play. Now that's 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 a gut, and, and and I and I don't know that anybody knows that yet. My gut is they would all try to play. Um, Zay's going to play. Yeah, Doug was the most optimistic about Zay. I mean, he basically, he kind of made it seem like Zay, I, I don't think they've released the injury report yet for today. They have not. But he kind of made it sound like, you know, Zay may not even be, like, may not have a game designation. Right. He may just be cleared. So, uh, obviously, Trevor is going to be questionable. Christian Kirk's going to be questionable. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic that, 
Christian Kirk will at least be able to to give it a go. You know, we'll see. Obviously, again, with both those injuries, you still have 36 hours before you really have to make a, a definitive call. And, you know, these guys are elite athletes. They're young men. You know, their bodies over 36 hours can can heal. Uh, and so yeah, I'm encouraged, but obviously it's it's still a bit of a coin flip to see if yeah. Trevor and Christian are active. And I and I'm guessing the real reality is today nobody knows. I I don't I don't I don't I don't sense sometimes when you cover enough teams and you're around sports enough, you know people know things things they just don't want to tell anybody for whether strategic reasons or whatever. I don't sense that's worth it. I don't think anybody knows. I don't think Trevor or Christian Kirk know right now if they're playing in the game. They may hope they are. Now look. If they both get on that plane tomorrow, they're probably playing. You know, so I think if they get on that, so we'll, we'll I would think you'll particularly know Christian because yeah. they have to activate him. There's more by of a tomorrow. deadline on Christian. Yeah, they'd have to activate him by tomorrow. So, but I, but I would think if they get on the plane, they're playing. Uh, yes. so, so, so we'll see. All right, a lot of things to talk about. We'll hear from Evan Ingram. That's how we'll kick off the program. We'll talk some Jaguars. A little more portal business going on. We'll update you on that. I got some thoughts about that. I want to vi- visit NFL quarterbacks. We had this list of the order they were in. And how many great ones? I think that's changed. I, I, I think I think I think it's worth a revisit, don't you think? Absolutely. Uh, where it is, I, I want to talk about that a little bit. I got a thought about baseball. I want to get to a little hardball talk coming up as well. Um, I got a thought about Aaron Rodgers. It'll be kind of connected to our quarterback stuff. So we got a lot of things to get to. Glad you're with us on a Big Chief Tire Friday on 1010 XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010 XL. Hit back with Hastings. You know, this team continues to play to play hard, and it's a division game. You know, it's, it's that rivalry game. And, you know, then then you have to, you know, on top of that, you know, there's a lot of pride there. I, I, and listen, I, I, I've been on the other side of it, too, where you're, you're in week 17 or 18, and, you know, it's the last game of the season. And, you know, guys are, guys are can continue to play and play hard. They want to win that game. Now back to a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. Visit BigChiefService.com. The comments of Doug Peterson uh, earlier today, gigantic game for the Jaguars. Jaguar Nation, uh, Duval has made its way up to, or is making its way up to Nashville. Go on Broadway. Check out Broadway on Friday or Saturday night. You think there'll be some Duval out there? It's going to be awesome. Oh, Duval will be dominating that place. We're going to dinner on Broadway. Um... Probably at 6.30, give or take. Now, you know, I'm not a drinker the night before the game. But that doesn't mean I won't wander. I'm not, <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not afraid yeah. to wander the night before the game. So We went to that really good restaurant on right on Broadway when we, we were had there a for steak SEC. There. Yeah, yeah. We were trying, yeah, we're not going the to up, that one. The upstairs. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was very good. It was good. You know, Matt Hayes sought that one out for us. Oh, that's right, yeah. Matt, Matt Hayes that was, was in good. charge of that, yeah. So, um, so yeah. I think Duval will be uh, uh, very present on uh, Broadway uh, throughout the weekend. I'm excited about that. Uh, Evan Ingram, I think, is such a, a glue piece. Uh, he's been so important to this team. He's so important to, golly, I just think he, he, he means so much to so many people there. And they're not sitting on nine wins without him, I promise you that, nor did they get to ten wins last year without him. Um, a very important part of the team, a key cog. As always, Hayes tracks down the guys that matters most. Hayes does such a great job in that locker room. Um, here's one of the most important players uh, on the team, along with Hayes Carline, earlier today. 
All right, we're pleased to be joined with Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. It's great to see you. Happy New Year. You too, man. Good to see you too. Happy New Year. Lots of things to go through. I haven't seen you in a few weeks. First off, congratulations on the Good Guy Award. Thank you so much for all your help this year. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Y'all been awesome. Yeah, it's been fun. And uh, and congratulations on uh, the Pro Bowl alternate. I, I know I'm sure there was a tinge of disappointment you know in it but that's still a great honor and you've had a wonderful year i appreciate it yeah, it's been a great year uh looking forward to finishing it off the right way with a division championship and making a run in the office absolutely evan how's it been so far this week in in practice are you happy with the work that you guys have put in yeah man everybody's locked in we know what's at stake uh, we know what we gotta go do uh we're playing against a team that's uh not really playing for anything but sometimes those are the most dangerous ones so they're playing sport they want they're ready to play spoiler uh but i, I like how we've been focused a lot then and our energy going into it obviously getting some pieces back this potentially this week christian how good has it been to see christian kirk out there running around it's, uh, it's a blessing honestly um just you know his recovery going right um on schedule probably ahead of schedule honestly seeing him out there already um just his presence uh his energy obviously uh you know his, his playmaking ability getting back on the field for us will be huge What's the challenge in terms of timing? Hopefully you'll have Trevor, but obviously he's been, you know, in and out of the lineup. You got CJ who played well against Carolina, but what's the challenge from a, a timing perspective in the passing game, or is there one? Yeah, I mean, we got enough. We got a lot of reps today uh, with him out there, and um, obviously it is important to get a lot of reps throughout the week. But um, I feel like we we all have a great chemistry with Trevor. Um, he's a smart quarterback. He knows when and where to put the ball when, like when he has to. And, uh, knows, you know, we have good indicators on when to let go of the ball for him. So, uh, you know, we have great chemistry uh, with him. And uh, obviously the work is good to be put in all week. Um, but sometimes, you know, like the adversity presents itself. But we can't get every single rep. So just got to trust in each other and uh, we'll catch in. You guys had a real clean game against Carolina. How pleasing was that to see? And are you hopeful that that can, can now continue as you guys play the finale and hopefully uh, in the tournament? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a mu- it's a must that we continue to play that way, uh, protecting the football, running the football. Um, obviously, we could have scored a little bit, a couple more touchdowns in the red zone, uh, but getting points um, is important. So uh, I think it's important. It's definitely important for us to continue that and to build on that and you know make that more consistent and make that our brand of football going into the playoffs and after that we win this game. You guys did fun, a phenomenal job in the first meeting against the Titans, had a 27 nothing lead. Uh, what were you guys able to do well in that game that you're hopeful you can translate to the second meeting? Protect the football, ran the football. Um, score touchdowns uh, as offense for sure. The defense did their thing, um, and uh, you know them creating turnovers and, and causing havoc and, us, and giving us short fields to work. Uh, just complimentary football. We played complimentary football really well that day, the first time. And um, obviously, uh, time has passed. You know we've we've had some adversity. We've overcome it, and now we got to go continue to do that the second time playing. Though. What challenges do they present defensively? They've had obviously some guys in and out of their lineup as well. Uh, you know, they, they play really hard. Um, they're really physical. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they've been in the system a while, so they're, they're on top of their assignments. Um, and they do a lot of good disguise stuff. They disguise a lot of coverages, um, kind of can throw us off a little bit and uh, can cause some confusion with communication. So um, it's a group that's been together for a while. They got some guys missing, but, uh, it's, you know, they're, they're, they run a good system and uh, they're going to be ready to compete. To have 100 catches in a year, I mean, what, what does that mean to you? Did you did, was that a number that was a goal at any point in your career? Or? Uh, honestly, no, I never uh, never gotten that. Honestly, you know, last year was the most catches I've had, and I was around 70-something. Um, but uh, 
I mean, it's just me just honestly just commit to my craft, doing my job. Uh, I'm really obsessed with getting better every single day, um, you know, uh, being the best player I can be for my team um, and uh, and being great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really I work to be great. And, you know, those you know, 100 catches, you know, that's what grace that's what some of the greats do. So um, it's an awesome feeling. Uh, still one game to go. Um, and uh, I, I, I'd like a lot more catches in the playoffs, too, right. for sure. That that means a lot more as well. And what an opportunity Sunday to win a division in Nashville. I, I know it's it's a 60-minute game, but what will that be like if you guys are able to score one more point to, than, to, than the Titans on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of ups, ups and downs this season. Uh, and for us to you know be on the road, back against the wall, championship on the line um i you know we wouldn't want it any other way and uh, i think it's going to be a great day uh, a great celebration for us um in that locker room and on that playing back to jack so um that's what we're working for that's the motivation uh, to come home with a championship evan ingram thanks so much congratulations and best of luck to you appreciate you guys yep thank you appreciate evan's time and uh it is really remarkable what he's been able to do so evan ingram has 104 catches this year that is more than Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, and Jamar Chase. Yeah, I, I, I love those interviews, and, and, I, and I'm being serious about this. I love the way you connect with those dudes. Thanks. I, I, I do. It, it, it's very real, and, it's, and, and, and I know that because other people talk about that too, so that's a, that's a good piece of what we do here, and I, and I, and I, and I, I really enjoy those. I, I like that dude, man. Yeah. I like, I like him. I like what he represents. I, 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 I like I, – I like, I'm excited about this game, man. I, I'm so. fanboy, man. I, I am – I mean, it's it's not for two days. I've heard, but I but I'm 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 fanboy right now. I mean, I'm having fanboy moments. We've been waiting for a stretch of success like this. Waiting for games of this magnitude at this time of year for a decade, you know. And and it's great that it's here. I I you know I hope we never take it for granted, you know, because we've gone through so many hard times, and you know had to go into locker rooms and ask about you know motivation for a game that means nothing uh and i don't even mean in the finale i'm talking about at halloween <laughs> so i mean you know it's it's nice to to have games that that the nation is watching uh and and that you know how the, the jaguars do affects what's going to happen in other markets i mean it's it's exciting and and the chance to win a, a consecutive divisional uh title is uh, is phenomenal. The chance to go five and one in the division, which they've never done in in this division, uh, is uh, is certainly a, a great achievement. And the chance to win all your divisional road games. I mean, that's that's important, particularly in a division that ended up being better than people thought. You know, before the year, it would have been like, oh well, who cares? Those are those are all going to be probably bad teams. Well, one's the runner up's going to be in the play, assuming the Jaguars win. We know that Indianapolis-Houston winner is a playoff team and a 10-win team. We know the third-place team is a 9-win team. And then you've got the Titans, who are probably going to finish in the cellar with five wins. But, uh, you know, to go undefeated on the road in this division this year, it, it says something. And uh, it's something that, uh, you know, they haven't done before. So there is a lot of boxes that they can check that are, are going to be franchise first or, or – it's been 20 years since they've done it. Uh, it's it's a great opportunity. They seem to be in a really good place. The the focus, uh, the you certainly didn't get any vibe of tension. Like the stakes are you know or you know are are in their head at all. I mean they they seem to 
be fully relishing the opportunity of, of what awaits. It'll be interesting a week from now to ask you the same question. What was the locker room like, assuming that the Jaguars beat the Titans, with the Browns coming in a team that certainly beat them a few weeks ago? Here's what I'll say, and I got this stat from John Ozier. Halftime is when I'll know basically is what is going to happen for the rest of the game. The Jaguars are 9-0 and when leading at the half, 0-7 when behind at halftime. 9-0 and with a lead, 0-7 if they're behind. You know, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so I, basically at halftime, I'll so, know, can I relax, smile, and, and make plans for the Browns so coming the, so, to town? So they've never blown a halftime lead, and they've never overcome a halftime deficit. That's I didn't, correct, I didn't, this I didn't, season. I didn't realize it. Did you realize no. it? No. That's a great stat. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't Like know. I said, thanks to John Osher, not my stat. It's a great, but it's a great stat. I, I didn't realize that. I, I, look, it, they, this is a great moment. They should win the game. They, they have the better team. When you have the better team, you should win the game. And, and I, I think they're going to win the game. I love that it's going to be against the, the hated rival. And by the way, let me be clear about this too, by the way. Tannehill's playing. I've, been, I've said this all along. I'd rather it be Levis. I know Hayes, you and I disagree on that, but it's going to be Tannehill. He's going to, he's going to play in the game. Um, it's a last hurrah for him. It could be a last hurrah for Derrick Henry there, who, by the way, you realize this will be the first – when he starts the game and he will, it'll be the first time he started uh, every game in his career. Oh, wow. First time in his career. That is hard to career. They've either held him out. Oh, a little yeah, nick early here on, there. That yeah, makes yeah, sense, but, but it'll be the first time he started every. Remember they had Demarco Murray for a while. Right. They, they they had. Yeah, as a young player, it makes some yeah. sense. But first, and they did the, have the one year where they were the one seed, so right. maybe they didn't need that, the and, finale. And all those things came into play, but yeah. it'll be the first game, the first time he started. All all all. all he just turned play? thirty yesterday. Yeah, I, and I know they're trying to turn it into a show up to support yes. Derrick Henry yeah. and what will yeah. probably be his last game. I don't think that's going to resonate, and it's it's nothing against Derrick Henry. By the way. No, no, to you, I didn't interrupt you. I'm sorry. Yeah. But you're right. People don't show up to pay tribute. People right. show up to have fun. Right. And when you're losing and you're not going anywhere, it's not fun. It's it sounds nice. Right. You know, but people don't people don't show up for that reason. They don't they don't do it. Right. You know, no one does it. But but now if you're their PR or their marketing, that's about the only play you got. Yeah, you gotta come up with something. Yeah. I, I understand that. But yeah. uh but yeah, I, I don't get the sense that the Titans are gonna have an exuberant crowd. At all, so I, uh, the I think the Jaguars absolutely could be the their fan base could absolutely take it over. Yeah, so so it'll be a lot of fun. We'll see what happens. All right, let's let's keep it on the NFL. We got Prisco at the top of the hour. I want to go through this list of young quarterbacks because I feel like there's been some change, there's change in the order a little bit from what we would have said even at the beginning of the season and certainly a year ago. Let's talk NFL quarterbacking after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. For all of your tires and automotive service needs, it's Big Chief Tire. Our friends at Big Chief Tire are certainly big Jaguars fans. They'll be cheering the Jaguars on on Sunday as they take on the Titans up in Nashville, kicking off at 1 o'clock Eastern. All right, Frank, you want to talk about NFL quarterbacks and the list that we kind of had in the offseason. Are you replacing Patrick Mahomes yeah, with yeah. someone else? Has yeah. he moved off number one? Yeah, that might be the only one that's, <laughs> that might be the only one that doesn't change positions, though. So, so in whatever order, we all thought, wow, what a collection of seven, eight, right? The, whatever the number is, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Tua, Lamar, Trevor, whatever. The, I'm probably am I leaving out somebody. That's, that's kind of the most – that's the mm-hmm. young guns for the most part. Yeah. Well – Did you say Prescott? 
I didn't, but I should have. Okay. Well, I don't think we had a. I think yeah. we had kind of moved him out of the top. Well, he's, he's not. I was going to say he's the story. I yeah. mean, but he's now the one he's that's gone from like yeah. fourteen to yep. arguably yeah. two or three. Yeah, yep. you're right. So Dak should I better believe he should be in there. So, but that's so Patrick Mahomes is probably one. After that, people that I know that really know football had Joe Burrow too. Joe Burrow got hurt. Josh Allen was right there. Man, he's been up and down. Was it six or seven games in a row he threw an interception? Something yeah. Like no, they're playing better I think now. he's leading the A lot of interceptions. Maybe, yeah, okay, or, so. he's no, he's not leading. 27 and 16. Yeah, Howell has 19. All right, so. But he's second in the You can't be second in the league yeah, in yeah, picks. Yeah, so, so. And so be second two or, or three third, guys, yeah. right. So, so Burrow got hurt. Josh Allen's had a lot of picks. Jalen Hurts is that thing. The, the shine's gone off that a little bit. He's a good player, but he's not. He's not a, I don't think he's regarded as elite. Justin Herbert's just he's out now, but I mean he's disappeared. Before he got hurt. Right. He dis- maybe because the team disappeared. Yeah, terrible right. coaching. And maybe he di- that's right. Maybe he disappeared with them, but he disappeared. Uh Lamar Jackson's reemerged. Right. Lamar's big, gone back up. Yeah, big As, thumbs up for Lamar. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dak Prescott's gone up. Lamar's mm-hmm. gone up. Tua? Uh, I got Tua on here and I'm still not sure where to put him. It's uh, a big thumbs up for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably. So I mean he leads the league in passing yards. So should Tua go- so so, without having a specific list in front of me, I get this impression it was Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, Herbert, Trevor, Tua, and now all Lamar. of a Lamar, and now all of a sudden, if you if you did today, I still to me Mahomes is still one because you you asked a perfect question. I, I was obviously yeah. joking, but 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 no, but I mean, but that's, yeah. but and Mahomes has thrown fourteen picks, but I completely <laughs> yeah, forgive yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're right. Maybe I should, but but so f- just for but me, yeah, no, Mahomes he's still, still number one. one. By still, the way, another quarterback we haven't mentioned, Brock Purdy. Yeah, Brock, Brock and you know he's what? now done enough to be yeah. in this conversation. Yeah, he's he, good point. He 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 has in a in a different style, but he all these other guys have all these great traits. He's sure. not a traits guy, but still. But so I got Mahomes one. Is I think Lamar's two for me right now. I mean, the way they're playing right now. I think it's Lamar. I think he's the ne- for for me. He's next in line for me. I mean, he just is. I mean, it it depends on what you're going to put the weight on, like yeah, where you think they're going. Is it more just what they've done this year? I that's right. But yeah, I mean, obviously Lamar Jackson's been incredible. He's going to win the MVP. He's going to win it by a wide margin. And, and I think he might win the Super Bowl. And he might win the Super Bowl, although postseason success has completely eluded him. Correct. So he's going to. But yeah. again, we see that narrative change. He wouldn't be yeah. the first quarterback that struggled in the postseason early in his career and then won a Super Bowl. So, so if it, if it's just for the sake of of today's conversation, right. if it's Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Tua, if that's one through four. Boy, is that a different list than it, it would have been in August? I mean, an entirely now yeah. can't hurt. Joe Burrow can't help that he got hurt. And I'd, that's what I was going to say. I'd yeah. still have Burrow second. Yeah, because I forget. But again, that's the I, thing. I, yeah, there's certain things that I and I'll be the first to admit there's certain things that I forgive players We're all for, that way. Yeah. and there's certain things that I hold against them. And, everybody and, I, does. and there really is no rhyme or reason yeah. to it. <laughs> um, but I don't. I don't hold it against Joe Burrow. That he got hurt, so I still would have him. Like if you were looking at oh, that's power fair. rankings that's from fair. here yeah. into the future, right. I'd have him second. Yeah. By the way, that's fair. I mean, I mean, he did. It's not his fault he got hurt. You can't. If you say if if I say I'm not going to hold those 14 interceptions against Mahomes, 
Yeah, that might be ju- that right. might be a little bit subjective because I am holding the sixteen <laughs> against Josh Allen. Isn't that awful? Isn't well, that awful? but Allen has been a but problem, I have done that. and like, Allen has really good weapons. Mahomes right. does not have really good weapons yeah. other than Kelsey, and, and That's Mahomes makes so many other things happen. Right. Right. If it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes, Their team if Blaine Gabbert had started the whole season, <laughs> the Chiefs would be staring at Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Yeah. they'd be right. they'd be three and fourteen. Right. No, I agree with you. I think the question, Frank, is if your team was going to the Super Bowl this season. Which of those quarterbacks would you want leading your team? The answer is still, first and foremost, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He's been there. He has a lot of success there. You want him in the way, like Hayes just said, all the things that he does. The question is, then, would you rather have Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson as your quarterback leading your team to the Super Bowl? And, you know. Or Dak Prescott. But, but, but for, I, I know <laughs> if it's for the next 10 years, it's Joe Burrow. But if it's. The question you just asked, yeah. it's Lamar for me. I think so, I think too. It's Lamar. I, think, I think it's after Mahomes, I think Lamar Jackson's next up for me. If, if it was a healthy Burrow versus the healthy Lamar going on my team, whatever my team is, that's sure. what you're asking. Yeah, yeah. and his, his interceptions, as far, yeah. since we're talking about those, Lamar's seven. Yeah. 24 he, touchdowns, seven and picks, and that's so just passing. he's so dynamic in just the way he plays and the plays he makes. And it's not just as a runner, it's as a passer, yeah. too, well, by the way. I, I, I will tell you this. Lamar Jackson has almost 3,700 yards and 24 touchdowns. I know for a fact, because I've seen it, he's probably had 400 yards and at least four touchdowns dropped. He might have had 400 yards dropped against the Steelers. I, I mean, in, in one, one day, game. it was close. <laughs> I mean, but, the, uh, I mean but in, in the loss to the Colts, it was the same thing. Yeah, I mean, he, point, he's Lauren, been he doesn't victimized. Have he doesn't have weapons. You talk about Mahomes not having weapons. Yeah. I, don't, I think Lamar – now, Zay Flowers turned into be a nice rookie – but that, that's it. Once Mark Andrews got hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, which I, he could be back, which will be an interesting uh, development to watch. All right, so after that, Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is still too turnover prone for people. Yeah, he good Josh Allen's as good as anybody in the league. But but bad Josh Allen isn't very good. It's almost almost it's almost a Nolan Ryan effect. You say it about yeah. Nolan Ryan. You say no good Nolan Ryan's best pitcher in the league. Right. Bad Nolan Ryan's not a top ten pitcher in the league. And we might be a month away from having a, a discussion about it's Josh Allen closing the gap on Patrick Mahomes yeah. now that he's led Buffalo to the right. Super Bowl. Right, right. Like, well, he he has the most to gain. I absolutely. mean, they've they have found themselves. They're I think they're going to beat Miami. They'll be the two seed, and who knows? I mean, if if Buffalo, I mean. So Josh Allen, to me, over the next five weeks, could radically change the perception of how this season has gone, and and he, he could put himself right back up there. By the way, we didn't get to it yesterday, but the Ravens added Dalvin Cook. So that's another, I think, interesting element for them as they Did, chase the Lombardi. Why do I feel like Dalvin Cook got old? Because he is, he's done. He, he, I mean, it's an it's like an he, interesting. It was a signing. fast get old. Oh wow, yes. But it, but it, and Dalvin Cook. I mean, was it a was a player. it was a Dale Murphy decline. It was last it year. Was. He had eleven hundred yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah. But this year with the Jets, they yeah. been they like Brees Hall and yeah. they haven't really used him. And yeah. nobody wants him. You know. Correct. I mean, so I mean that happened fast, man. It was yeah. yeah. Dale Murphy like decline is right. So so um. What about or Dale two? Murphy? Every time that gets, mentioned. I know, I love Dale Murphy. I know yeah, he should be too. in the Hall of Fame, but no, but he should declined be. fast. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. I do too. look the probably the nicest athlete I've ever interviewed. Probably the he's probably first. He's probably. I mean, he probably is ahead of Danny Warfel. I mean, he's probably the wow. nicest. He's probably the nicest kid of nicest athlete I've ever interviewed. He's certainly he's certainly tied with Danny Warfel. Um, no, but he went from good to. Couldn't hit 220. Right. I mean, just like overnight. Um, but it'll be interesting to see Dalvin Cook now that they've had yeah. some, you know, Keaton Mitchell, obviously, we saw get hurt here. What about Tua? 
I mean, what about, I mean, what is it? Is he great? Is he good? Is he, a, again, talk about having weapons now. Sure. I mean, yeah. nobody's got better weapons, you know, so. But, I mean, he's had he's had Tyreek Hill hurt a little bit, and he was still able to be pretty good. But, yes, Jalen Waddell is still a really good player. I mean, he, I mean, I mean so, so. He's good. He, he's And he's been able to prove that he can play a full season, which yeah. has been the biggest thing. So, That's right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think uh, – I think Tua is is proven to be a good player. I I don't know that I would say yet that he's an elite player, but I but I do think he is he's shown to be a good player, certainly worthy of a second oh. contract and th- and and I think if you're Miami, you just have to hope that right. you know he had one year where he was really injury plagued and and now he's beyond it. And as the traits go, nobody's got a better combination of them than Justin Herbert. But is Justin Herbert a victim of bad coaching, bad team, bad culture, bad, bad, bad? Or is he part of the reason the losing happened? He's the Mike Trout of the NFL, Okay, in my opinion. That, oh, you that, okay, you're yeah. that convinced. So it's not him. I don't think it's him. I think he's sensational. I think the uh, Chargers have been a complete mess. And, again, we'll see. They may continue to be because that is not uh, an ownership with a lot of money. So who knows? They may go just hire – and they're, playing in a, and they're playing in a city nobody cares about them. Right. You know, they're, they're about to build a beautiful yeah. new facility, but they're, they're, they're in the wrong city. Right. They lost Mike Williams early, which hurt. Uh, and then uh, it just became a litany of things. They're mismanaged. Uh, Eckler wasn't the same. So I, But, I mean, in terms of just watching Justin Herbert, I mean, if, if you're just purely talking throws, I mean, he's still on a week-in, week week-out basis makes some of the best throws you'll see. So, but I do think environmentally, it's fair to have concerns about them because the Chargers may not ever get it right. And if they don't ever get it right, it's hard to be, it's like Stafford in Detroit. You know, it's just, you can be great, but if the organization isn't uh, well run, then you're going to have good numbers, but not a lot of wins. I'm glad you mentioned Detroit. Jared Goff, obviously there now, almost 4,300 passing yards, 28 touchdowns, 12 picks. He's a guy no one ever mentions in these conversations, but he's played pretty well for the Lions. Good point, because I, I wouldn't. He would have never even made my list. Yeah. I wouldn't have even thought to put him on it. I'm still underwhelmed. Just like Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Russell Russell Wilson is also 35. Right. 27 year old Russell Wilson will be on all these. Lists. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm right. really talking. I mean, I didn't put Aaron Rodgers on here either. Because sure. I'm trying to talk about the young guys. Yeah, and again, you know, to go back to that trade, because Goff has been better, I think, in Detroit than most people thought. Agreed. He's still not a difference maker, but he's 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 established himself as a solid starter in this league. I, I the, But the other guy in that trade, Stafford, he's had an unbelievable year. What the Rams have been able to do, they have nothing on that roster. I mean, they were – about stripped down to the bones and the fact that Stafford's had the year that he's had and the Rams are, you know, going to the playoffs. I mean, it's a testament to McVay who's obviously outstanding, but I mean, Matthew Stafford's taken a rookie receiver in Puka Nakua and turned him into a, basically a star. And I'm not trying to say Nakua doesn't deserve credit sure. for his success. Certainly he does, but I think it's taken a special quarterback to bring that out of a, a you know, a late round rookie. That's true. It is true. But man, he is good. I mean, the plays, the body control. Who knew that? Fifth rounder? Yeah. Fifth round. Who knew that? I mean, if you if you haven't watched the Rams play, if you haven't watched Puka Nakua play, it's it's I mean, it's unbelievable how good it is. It's not just numbers. It's unbelievable how good he is. 
Oh, he's really, really good. And people were predicting the Rams to have one of the top three picks in the draft. And so, like he said, I mean, they're sitting at nine and seven. That's the same record as the Jaguars, who many of us thought would have you yeah. know a better record than they do now. But look, the Jaguars division ended up being a lot better than people predicted, too. Yeah. And you got to talk about C.J. Stroud yeah. in, a, oh, yeah. in any conversation. And you know what? And I, and I, now. I didn't I purposely and I didn't put we didn't talk about Trevor either, by the way. And, yeah. right. and I think well, Trevor, Trevor's a thumbs down, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, yeah Trevor's had I a mean, tough in, year in terms Trevor. of expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a lot. Not a lot's been his fault. Yeah. But he's had too many interceptions. He, he, the season didn't go the way. I still think Trevor's going to be one of the elite. I didn't put Stroud in this conversation because he is a rookie. I, right. I, I said I was, I was going to – all these guys I bunched in there sure. together, most of them been around longer than Trevor too. Mm-hmm. But I, but I, so I didn't bunch the rookie in there. Uh, but you're right. If you, it, there's no doubt C.J. Stroud is going to be in this conversation. There, there's no doubt he's going to be. Another guy that we haven't mentioned, and we wouldn't mention him now, but Jordan Love. If he continues to play really well, the Packers make the postseason. I mean, We're, in a year from now, I agree. is he still as good? And then that would be unbelievable. That next wave of guys. Yeah. Yeah, because he could – that Purdy's in that list too. That, that next – kind of that next wave of guys. Uh, speaking of rookie, last thing we'll say about quarterbacks, and we'll get to Prisco. I know we, we touched on this on Monday's show, but we've had so much other stuff to get to, we kind of moved along. What happened to Bryce Young's arm? I mean, I, I never I mean, saw him. He's been in, sacked 50 times, maybe so that, maybe but, he's hurt. And he's but, the little guy. Yeah. But, I mean, I never. his arm looked dead. He looked, I mean. His, his, his whole persona seemed yeah, dead. Yeah, I mean, did. just, I've never seen such a defeated-looking right. player. But, I mean, the down and outs, Hayes, the, the, the throws, that ball. Jeff and Tony and I all were, were our jaws were dropping in the, in the broadcast booth that how long it took the ball to get out there. The Panthers should have had a touchdown. He completely underthrew DJ Chark on that one. He did on the on the little post, side. the yeah. post near the goal line. Yeah. yeah, but I mean he, but I mean, CJ Stroud, that ball gets there, boy. I mean, again, Stroud, CJ Stroud is Joe Burrow. He's the Joe Burrow version that didn't leave Ohio State. I mean, he, I mean, he's so uh, anyway, it was surprising. Yeah, I think Bryce Young will see some sort of injury, something after the something. season. After, I, mean, I mean, look just, at he got sacked how many times just against the yeah, Jets? Yes. But just the arm. But I mean, just the arm talent. You rarely. I don't. Usually, a guy with a weak arm has got a weak arm, and a guy with a strong arm has got a strong arm. That was weird. That well, part really surprised he me. He took that that big hit and laid with that hip injury, right. and so that's when I wondered was he was he trying to make up for the fact that he was in pain the whole game. Yeah, I don't know enough about the mechanics of quarterbacking like Denny does, but i got to believe if your lower body is affected, it affects the the way the ball comes out. I I would think there's probably two. Second break. Let's keep it on the NFL. Pete Prisco joins us after this. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Time for all things Jaguars and NFL with Pete Prisco. The Briscoe Report, presented by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Showtime. On the Frangie Show. We do appreciate our friends from Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Hey, they've got Jacksonville 2023 Limited Edition Bobbleheads. Those are fun. If you're a Jaguars fan, get over there and get one right now. The Bobblehead, Jackson DeVille for you. You know where Showtime is. It's at the corner of Phillips and Shad, and you can always find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pete Frisco. Pete, big weekend, brother. Big weekend for the Jags. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you guys? We, we, uh, yeah, it, it's a big weekend, all right. I'll yeah. tell you what. On so many fronts. All right, listen, I'm not going to bury the lead. We'll get to the other stuff in a minute. I think the Jags are going to go beat the Titans. I think they've got the better team. I think the Jags are going to win the division. I even think they're going to play well next week against Cleveland. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm very confident in where this team is. Pete, I think they have – 
Doug did a lot of did a very good job of not letting the swoon break them. You know what I mean? He, they 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 seem galvanized still. What's your read of the Jags and in, 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 in all of that? Are you as confident of where they are as I think I am? Absolutely. I, I think you know. I, I do think they will win this week. Um, you know what you can't do this week is allow that team to get off to a decent start and hang around. Right. Because when a team is ending their season, if you can get up on them, they're going to you know, start looking for their reservation. And, and, you know, where are we going on vacation? They're ready to get out of there. So I think that that's first and foremost, they have to be able to do that. But I'm with you, Frank. I mean, look, we haven't seen this offense together at all since when. I think the last time they played together was the Tennessee game, the last Tennessee game, when you had Cam Robinson, Kirk, Zay Jones, uh, all in this lineup together. So um, I, I think that's the thing when you look forward to the postseason is, is the offense will be able to play together. Hopefully, uh, you know, everybody stays healthy this week. They get together and play in the postseason. So I'm with you. I think they win this week, and I think they're going to be a dangerous playoff team. I think they'll beat Cleveland at home. And then from there, you know, who knows? you got to go win a game against a good team. Pete, I was stunned that Ryan Tannehill post game after the Houston loss was asked, were there instances where you just didn't have any a, a chance? And he said, oh, yeah, definitely. I, you don't often see a quarterback publicly criticize the offensive line or acknowledge a, a criticism like that. To me, that says he must not have a lot of belief in, in what they're doing and a lot of confidence in the guys protecting him. With that said, what kind of threat do you think Tannehill is, and do you put any stock in that at all? Yeah, I put stock in it because their line is terrible. I mean, it's been one of the worst offensive lines in the league, if not the worst. I mean, the, you know, you saw a bad one last week in Carolina. They're awful as well. But um, So, yeah, I, I get why he says it. Normally you don't hear a quarterback say that out loud, but but that, that's what makes it kind of surprising that he said it. But, yeah, I mean, he he's – He's spot on. I mean, they're not big. They're not good. They're not, you know, they've struggled all year long. It's, it's, you know, when Levis is in there, he took a beating, and now Tannehill took a beating. So I understand why he said it, and that's why I think Jacksonville should be able to get after the quarterback. By the way, I want to give uh, my buddy and our buddy Tony Baselli a, a hand because before the season, yep. he made the prediction that those guys would get between 23 and, and a half and 25 and a half sacks, and lo and behold, they got it. And I remember what I said. I said, well, Tony, if they get that, they're going to be a Super Bowl team. But little did we know that the offense would be a major problem yeah. this season. I thought he lost, and I told him this, I thought he lost his mind when he said the 25 and he was dead on. You're right about it. I, I thought, I didn't think there was any way, any way they'd combine. I mean, I, I, you, you, people were thinking it's 13 and 12, right? I didn't think there's any way it would happen. So it happened. Yeah, and, and look, Josh Allen, defensive player of the year conversation. No question about it. He's been outstanding. Um, you know, he's, he's the leader of that defense. He's been, uh, he's deserves every bit of accolade he can get. He's probably not going to win it unless he goes off and has, you know, four sacks this week, but which is highly possible by the way, against that offensive line. Um, but he deserves consideration and, and Trayvon Walker, you know, the numbers are good. Doesn't necessarily mean he's a great pass rusher. And people got mad at me this week. Cause I put, you know, one of his sacks on, uh, Twitter the other day or X the other day. And what he did is he went up the field, he got blocked, we made an effort play and got the guy down at the line of scrimmage. You know, good play, but that's not winning and beating your man up the field. And I think that's the problem for him. In fact, his sack came when he was rushing as a three-technique player. So uh, I, I still think he would be a dominant three-player, three-technique player, and, and he's just a good football player where he could be a dominant football player if they moved him inside. What do you, go ahead. Pete, I was just going to ask, is Darius Williams one of the unsung heroes of this team? 
He's been really good. I mean, look, he's been consistent and, you know, week in and week out. And, you know, I think that showed up. And, you know, that's why he got some consideration for the Pro Bowl. Some people think he should have been in. Um, but, yeah, he's been their most consistent secondary player, I think, all year long. And, and again, it goes back to last year. Why the heck were they playing him in the slot to begin with? He wasn't a slot corner. He's an outside corner. I think he's really responded to that this year. What would you do at left guard if you're Doug? You know, that's a tough one. I'd, I'd probably play little if he was if healthy enough. I mean, what was the deal with those two guys last week? Were they not healthy enough? Did yeah, they, wanna... they, 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 were were, they were beat up. They were, they were emergency only. I, my read on that, Pete, was part, they were hurt, okay? Part of it was you're also playing the Panthers. Yeah, I, I think if they'd have been playing the Houston Texans, uh, they'd have probably given it a go. Now, no one told me that. That's my guess. Because they were available for emergencies, they were just both. Well, up. well, he went in. I mean, Walker Little at played at left tackle. Right, yeah, why end, did yeah. he go? Why did he go into the game? Because I think he was healthy enough to play if he had to. And when Cam got ejected, he had to. He was going to be right. The, he was there for the swing to be the swing tackle. Uh, I'm going to guess you might see Cleveland at left guard this week. I'm going to guess you might see uh, Ezra Cleveland and, and and Walker Little Peters the swing tackle would be my guess how they may play it this week. You know, and, and Cleveland's, you know, athletic. He can move. And really I think they like, they like their guys to be able to move. So that would make some sense as well. But I think getting Cam Robinson back is enormous for that offensive line. It gives them a little bit of a toughness to them. Uh, and, you know, they ran the ball a little bit better last week. They're still not great running the football, but they did run it better. Um, I, want, I want to flip it to the other side of the ball. I think Antonio Johnson needs to be on the field more. I, said it, I think I said it on your show a couple weeks ago. I, I just When you put on the tape, the guy shows up. He's athletic. He's fast. He, ma- he makes plays. I think he needs to be on the field a lot more. And, you know, Frank, you mentioned it. You thought you, you, thought you, you had heard some things that he was going to be on the field more. And I think even more he should be on the field. Well, he is, he's become their nickel, okay? So he is, he, is, he's, he, is, he is on the field there. And I think he's probably going to be a safety of the future. I, I think I wouldn't wait too long before he look up and he's a starting safety because they love him. In fact, the two guys we just talked about, you know, sometimes you acquire a guy, Pete, whether it's a trade, whether it's a draft pick, and maybe they weren't quite as good as you thought or maybe you see some flaws. The two guys we just talked about, Antonio Johnson, who everybody knew was a fifth round, was fifth round, right? He's fifth round steal. Yeah. And Ezra Cleveland are two guys that got here better than they thought they would be. Pete, I can tell you, I know you're talking about defense, but Ezra Cleveland is a guy that when he got here, he was better. He was better than they thought he was, and they thought he was pretty good. He's a guy they love. I can tell you, he's a guy they love. Yeah, and and look, they you know again, if they're going to run the ball, the center needs to quit playing so high. And you know he was a little bit better at it last week. Still plays too high, um, but again, you you want an athletic guard. I get it. I understand it. So it ma- it makes a lot of sense because he can really move. And the way they run the ball, those guys got to be able to move. Final thing, let's look around the league a little bit. What surprises should we expect this week? Who's in, who's out? Uh, we all agree that the Jags are probably going to win that game. I'm, I'm pretty convinced they're going to win it, which means they win the division. Uh, then it comes down to the wild card. Steelers are in play. Uh, the Texans' Colts loser is in play. Uh, where do you see that thing all going? I think Baltimore beats Pittsburgh even without their some of their starters playing. I, I, look, the Steelers aren't very good. They won at Seattle last week, and mm-hmm. Seattle's not very good. So I – even without their starters, I think the Ravens can win that game and, and knock the Steelers out of the playoffs, which would be good, by the way, for Jacksonville. They don't want them. They don't want them hanging around in that scenario. So I think you root for the Ravens in that game, and I think the Ravens can win that game. You know, there's only so many guys who can sit down. That's that's the thing in the NFL. Oh, we're going to rest our guys. You you could rest your quarterback. You can rest you know five or six guys, but you still got to play a bunch. 
I mean, they got to be on the field. You take the injured guys into account. You got to play almost everybody. So uh, it's not like you're going to sit back and rest everybody. Even without Lamar Jackson, I think they can beat them. That'll be good. So I think that you know the the loser in the Texans um, in the Texans Colts games has a real shot to get in because right? I think Buffalo beats Miami this week. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah, I, I do. But I can tell you this: I'd rather, from the Jaguar standpoint or anybody else, I'd rather see the Steelers in that thing than the than the Texans. Uh, I, I don't think I, I think the Steelers are terrible. I agree with you, and so I think I think them sneaking in would be a good thing. I, I just don't think. But then that that puts the pressure on the win. That you can get in if the Steelers lose, you can still get in without without. Uh, winning well, that's right. Well, 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 that's a good point. If you're gonna if you're gonna lose the game, then you need the Steelers and the Broncos to lose. Very good point. I just think I just don't think they're. I agree with you. The point is, I agree with you. I don't think they're very good. So you're exactly right about that. Final thing, we'll let you go. Um, uh, I'll give you credit. When you've loved the Bills and Josh Allen before the season, when they went through that awful swoon, you loved them. Pete, they may be as good as anybody playing right now. You know, I saw them live a couple weeks ago, and I saw something there. I just saw their defense was getting better. You know, they get guys back healthy. Daquan Jones is back healthy. The young linebackers that have played, the one that, you know, the two guys that have played for Milano, both those guys are playing great football. Bernard and Dodson, they get, you know, pick up Rasul Douglas. He's been a great addition to that defense. And offensively, they can run the ball now. And when you can run the ball, it takes Josh Allen away from doing everything. And but I will say this: in his history, he's nine and two against Miami in the regular season with thirty-one touchdown passes and five picks. And the last time he played him during the regular season this year, they blew him out. He had a perfect passer rating with four touchdown passes, and he ran for one. Josh Allen owns the Miami Dolphins. I think this will be another one of those games for him where he lights it up. And by the way. Nobody wants to see them in the postseason. I totally agree, and I think they're going to win this week as well. Pete Prisco checking in from CBSSports.com. Thank you, Pete. All right, guys. Take care. All right. As always, Pete's Report is brought to you by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. One more time, Jackson DeVille 2023 Limited Edition Bobbleheads. Now, you're not going to see them many places, but you can see them at Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Head on over there right now and see all the other great stuff they've got in there as well. Showtime is located at Phillips and Chad. You can always find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We always appreciate our friends. Good, good people, man. Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles always sponsoring the Pete Prisco Report. More in a moment. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Back to more of a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. Always a Big Chief Tire Friday here on the Frangie Show. We appreciate our friends at Big Chief Tire with five locations around town now. All right, Frank, we've seen some pretty big names into the transfer portal as of recently. One we haven't talked about yet, running back Quinshawn Judkins from Ole Miss. Certainly one of the better running backs in all of the SEC has entered the transfer portal. Some say he may go back to Ole Miss. He's just trying to get more money. Others believe he wants to go elsewhere. <laughs> There are guys like that that I feel like could really help some other programs. Yeah, but I I, I don't think he's going back to Ole Miss, and and I think uh, uh, I think the message there, Hayes, is to proceed with caution. Apparently, if you you if you follow all the stuff on Twitter, he's not very not a very good teammate. Have you seen this? Did you see the thing when he got tackled? Did you yeah. see? Did you see that? I did not. He got tackled. The offensive lineman just kind of laughed. At Wouldn't him. help him up. Yeah. On two different times, apparently he popped off. He ripped the line. He's a bad teammate. And that uh, that because he's a good player now. I mean, he's a really good running back. That the talk is that uh, that was a mutual agreement to leave. On. I, I think they I think they cut him. Mm-hmm. I think they, I, th- I think I think he got kicked off the team, and they don't want to say that. That's because this is happening late now. 
I think he got kicked off the team. They're trying to protect him a little bit by saying it was mutual or saying he's going into the portal. So I think you have to be careful with Jack. Because I thought the portal was technically closed. Well, you, you, you have to have filed your paperwork by now, but there's still some names out there that you're hearing might have gone in, might be in. You, you don't have to you announce. May as well, every single person may as well put their name in the yeah. transfer portal and do the paperwork and then well, see how right. things go. And you can announce it a week later. Sure. So, so, but I, so I think that so, – so we'll see. But, um, but so I, I don't know if these guys are any good, but, but he's doing what everybody hoped he would do. And right. that is get linemen and get a lot of linemen in the portal. Now, who knows if they're any good? He got the Alabama guy last year who wasn't any good, Damian George. Right. Maybe he'll be better as a guard. But he just got another another offensive lineman today. He got Pup Howard yesterday. He got a pass rusher yesterday. George Gums. Gums. So, uh, the George Gums era is about to start. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, so, I mean, he's, again, I, I have no idea if they're good. But I do know that, that he's doing what we all hoped he would do. Bring in a bunch of linemen. I think they're just getting started, too, is my, my, my guess. Yeah, I think there's still room there. They're trying to find a scholarship quarterback, uh, things like that. Um, certainly the trenches are still a priority. Uh, and I think uh, the secondary is still uh, a need that they're trying to fill. But, yeah, this is a, an intriguing player today, Arkansas offensive tackle Devon Manuel, who has uh, definitely got the frame, 6'9", 310, obviously well-coached, you would – have to think if he listened to Sam Pittman while he was there because Sam Pittman's one of the best. So uh, you like the the frame that six nine three ten. He's got some. I think he started the last three games this season. The word was he was supposed to be their week one left tackle, and he got hurt in camp, and it it took him some time to get beyond that. I think he ended up playing in nine games. So yeah, he's he's inexperienced. He would uh, arrive at in Gainesville as a redshirt sophomore. So, yeah, we'll see, but they they desperately need pure tackles. Uh, there's certainly a, a belief that uh, they were playing with basically a bunch of guards, uh, guards having to play tackle. You mentioned George. George is definitely a guard. I think there's a belief Austin Barber is more guard than tackle. And so, yeah, they, they've added the San Diego State right tackle. He was, I think, the first portal addition that they announced, like, three weeks ago, and uh, and so now you, you hope that you've got a couple of bookend guys that, that can certainly help. I believe you're talking about the Brandon, yeah. and that one, right? Yes. Crenshaw. Crenshaw, yeah, I was yeah. trying to find his name. Um, but, yeah, I just – Brandon Crenshaw-Dixon, that's his yeah. name. I think he he and Joey Slackman were right at the beginning. I feel like – Slackman, who's a defensive lineman. Yeah, I feel like Billy Napier is, is – kind of how his press conferences are, that's how he's attacking the portal. Like slow and steady, methodical, not getting any necessarily big splash name players, but getting guys that are going to come in and work. Yeah, and most portal guys, by the way, are not named splash guys because if they're big name guys, they wouldn't be, other than quarterbacks, they wouldn't be in it. Yeah, So or Trevor Etienne. Yeah, yeah. well, there's some. <laughs> yeah, there's <Good> some. <laughs> the, uh, but, I mean, if you think about it, let's assume – this this guy from Arkansas and the guy from New Mexico State are their tackles, which is conceivable. Let's we know Slackman's going to be one of their defensive tackles. Uh, this guy they just got from Bowling is it Bowling Green or, or George wherever. He oh, came Northern from. Illinois. Northern yeah. Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say he's one of their edge guys. It's great to be a Saluki. <laughs> and that, let's say this guy cashes somebody. He's the Bowling Green guy that they might get. Um, I mean that that would be five linemen, and that would be five linemen that they're going to get. 
in the the four they've already got. Uh, I hear that they're supposed to get this guy, Cassius, whatever his name is. The guy Powell. From, so if you get five linemen already and you get two or three more, again, I'll say this. The guy, Richie Leonard, left today. He's not very good. No. Uh, Scooby Williams left. He's not very good. No, um, undersized. So, so they're losing a lot of the guys who aren't particularly good players, and they seem to be – and Pup Howard's not a lineman, but, he, but he's a front seven guy. So that's what they had to do. Again, we'll see if they're any good, but they're doing what they, – the one thing – listen, the quarterback's pretty good. The freshman quarterback who's coming in we think is going to be pretty good. I hated that they lost Trevor Etienne, but the Montreal Johnson, I, I really thought he'd be in the draft. He, he's coming back. He's pretty good. We, you know at least Trey Wilson's pretty good. Uh, you know, Boardingham, the tight end's pretty good. Um, the other two young receivers haven't played, but they're certainly a, a claim. There's a lot of defensive backs that are decent. The, the, safety, the safeties coming back are pretty good. What they needed was the, 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 the 12 positions they needed to address were five offensive linemen in front seven on defense. That, that, that group of 12 is where they needed to add guys. And, and again, I don't know if they're any good. But they've it looks like there's five already. Well, six already if they get this cash this guy. That's six guys that play on that front twelve. That's that's what we all kind of asked them to do. Yeah, no doubt about it. What'd I, you say? The total weight in the yeah. The, we we need a ton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need a metric ton of weight right, right. out well, of the six, portal. Six nine three ten and six nine three ten. Yeah, yeah. I'll work. I'll, that'll work because I'm assuming that's a unbelievable wingspan probably as well. So. I, you know, yeah, I, I, I think in, in terms of the players that he's added, it's, it's hard to, you know, have any complaints about how that's gone. So, I mean, again, his problem has never been constructing the roster, you know, that that's, I I don't have issues with that at all. And, uh, you know, and, and so hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll continue and we'll see, we'll see if they end up doing anything in the, you know, the final signing period. It doesn't seem like there'll be much there. Uh, and then obviously you have spring practice where you'll go through this and see what you have. And then if you feel the need to address more things, you, you have that window. So I, this is still a, a, a puzzle being put together. But I think, yeah, you have to be encouraged by what you've seen so far. Uh, it's just, again, going to depend on can he manage the games when they start against Miami. To put it in comparison, FSU currently, obviously we know Mike Norvell is really good at the transfer portal. And bringing guys in, they only have two players incoming as of now: Marvin Jones Jr. from Georgia, the edge rusher, and of course DJ Uyunglele from Oregon State. Miami has four players, uh, namely Zach Carpenter, a lineman. So, I would say Napier is doing a pretty good job in comparison to the other two. Although, of course, Miami's hoping. I know they want to get Talia Tungavailoa, who currently doesn't have any eligibility, but may end up getting a waiver. If I say DJ Uyunglele is like a son to me, do I have to pay you royalties for the <laughs> phrase? Not, I, no. is, is the phrase free? It is. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure. I, I, I did not coin it. Okay, so I, did, well, I, I, I stole it from somebody. <laughs> okay, you did. Yeah. Okay, so good. Because I, I was, I was, I was writing the check because yeah. I want to use it so badly. So, uh, so we'll see. I, I, I like what's going on in the portal. I like the fact. Listen, Billy Napier's no dummy. He knows he wins seven or eight games, or you're on the unemployment line. And I don't know that he's getting another crack at a big one. I, I, I don't. If if Billy Napier fails at Florida, I don't sense you're going to turn around and he's at a he's a Power Five head coach. Uh, Ron Zook got a quick Power Five job because there's a lot of belief in the coaching community. Again, Gator fans won't ever believe this, but he got he turned down Ole Miss to take Illinois a week after Florida fired him because there's a lot of people that believed in the coaching circle he didn't get a chance, and that's why he that's why he was he was so sought after 
a week or two after being fired at Florida. I don't think Billy Napier's got that. And maybe, maybe you disagree, but I think that doesn't mean he won't wind up as the head coach at East Carolina or Cincinnati one day. But I don't know that if it fail, if they go five and seven and he's fired, I don't know that he gets another power five crack. No, I think he's Georgia's receivers coach in 25 is, is what I would guess. Right. You know, something, right. something right. to that effect, or he's on Saban staff. But I mean, know, even, again, I but even, I don't even think he, the must champ was like Zook. There was a belief that there was something there, right. which is why he got another chance at a power five. I don't, I just don't know that I, mean, I feel that with Napier. Again, That's a lot of it will also depend on how this year goes. Like, he, it's certainly he's not going to get another crack if they go five and seven, and there's three instances where you can directly put the loss on him for mismanagement of the game. Correct. So then it, you know, the optics in as well as the losses. Right. Yeah, now, if, if they're five and seven and, you know, they have a bunch of injuries and, and things like that, and Florida still says, nah, we've seen enough, you know, we're moving on. He did have some bad breaks you know, that were going to be tough to overcome, but we've, you know, it's three losing seasons, we're, we're done. Then, then maybe, you know, maybe a, a, a school, a smaller school would, would have some interest. I mean, he's, he is a good recruiter, but again, is that really even the, it's, it's amazing how the target keeps changing in college football. That's because correct. That's is, correct. is that really the number one thing that, that you need? I mean, it's always going to be important, but you know, it, it's, you know, with the portal and, and I would imagine at a smaller school, you're not really worried about you know, recruiting because it, the kids you hit on are all going to leave to go to bigger schools if they're any good. So you're really going to have to mine the portal probably, uh, whether you want to or not. So I don't know. I I, I would imagine it's going to be tough for Billy Napier to get another job, if, if particularly if what we saw this season is what we see next season. Because then it's almost, I mean, it, it's, it's just as an athletic director and a university president, I don't know how you can justify hiring him when he clearly can't properly manage his team during a game. And he's got this year to prove that he can. That's exactly right. We'll take a break. Our picks are next. Uh, our last picks contest of the year. That's next. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. No. The Otterson Wealth Advisors Risk Reward Picks of the Week. Otterson Wealth Advisors, your goals, our expertise. RJ. This is fitting because Michigan will have this music next year. That's right. Live from Ann Arbor. <laughs> we have one college game, our final Picks of the year. Can we crown you now or should we wait? Should Whatever I congratulate you, you now? I think we got to crown them. Is it a little bit of an upset that you haven't won till now? Or is that just my way of pointing out that you haven't won till now? It's probably a little bit of a little upset. <laughs> Hayes Carline has not won till now, but I tell you what, when you won, you won in impressive fashion. Hayes has 84 points, 67 and 35. Uh, RJ, fantastic job of playing for second. 60 and 42. RJ, are you going to try and win next year? You're going to play for second again. Oh, no, I'm going for the crown. I just wondered. Okay, okay, RJ. Uh, okay, RJ, uh, Hayes is up on you by four points, and you just picked all six games that he did. So, uh, 74 points. Lauren Brooks, 52 and 50, 64 points. You did an amazing job, by the way, Lauren, of overcoming the trauma of week one when you didn't have enough time to research Fresno and Purdue. So, this, so you overcame that. Uh, you had 64 total points. In the cellar, 
the only guy that's a good enough picker that goes under 500 without being against the spread. <laughs> nice picking. 49 and 53, 62 total points. So it's 84, 74, 64, 62. One last time, Washington and Michigan. Uh, the bottom feeder goes first. I'll let you go first. I go first? Yeah, I forgot you supposed to go first. Uh, I will take Michigan. I think the Wolverines are just too strong defensively. I think they're going to frustrate Penix, and I like Michigan. The bottom feeder goes next. I'll go Michigan, too. Lauren. I will go Washington. Washington, she I like Michael Penix Jr. All right, I like it. Not afraid. R.J. Saunders. Game picker upper for Lauren. For the record, I had a game picker up for Fresno State Purdue to kick off the season when I had no time to reset. I, I had no idea. Did you win the game picker up? Or? I had the game picker up and oh, I won, won it. it. Fresno well, State upset Purdue. How about that? No well, one had any idea. Well, then that should have got that, that should have. Well, you had no time to research it, and I heard about it eight times in five days. And so, did you win to not researching and didn't work out so well to not research? Yeah, it didn't work out so well. But clearly, like you said yesterday, it was a shock that I won last year. So. I thought it was an upset. I, I clearly it. needed the research. The best part was I compared it to um, the U.S. hockey team winning in 1980 and Buster Douglas winning, and Hayes wanted no part of that conversation. <laughs> Hayes, Hayes couldn't have ducked out of that. So Hayes goes, uh, yeah, 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 let's uh-huh. move on. All right, RJ, NFL music, please. All right, Bills and Dolphins in Miami. Hayes Carline. I'm going to go Buffalo. I just I, I am a little worried because every time we all think the same thing, the NFL throws us a curve. And but I just think Buffalo's got it going. And I just think Miami is they just I, I, they, to me have not won enough meaningful games against good teams. So I like the Bills here. RJ, I really want to choose the Dolphins because they're so good in Miami. But I'm with Hayes. I like the Bills here. Lauren Brooks. I got the Bills as well. Josh Allen, you just heard Pete Frisco say, at least they're Dolphins. Well, let me just be honest with you, Hayes. I mean, I don't, I'm not a math guy, but I'm down 22 points to you. Yeah. Could this game pick her up for help? <laughs> I'm not afraid. I'm still going to throw a Hail Mary on you. I'll go Dolphins, game pick her upper. So there's that. Like I said, you know how you know you're throwing well, you're, a lot of Hail Marys? Look, you're, when, look, there's a lot of pride at stake yeah, here. Yeah, and by the way, I've put um, – I've made uh, – I've made one in five uh, something people do, okay? Yeah. Okay, so I'm, uh, I've got more one in fives back-to-back in the week, so I'm not afraid. Uh, Texans and Colts in Indy, Hayes. I like the Texans. It's uh, just C.J. Stroud, I think, is has had such a remarkable rookie year. I'm impressed with both programs, but I, I'll say C.J. Stroud makes a play late, and the Texans are able to kick a walk-off field goal to beat the Colts in uh, – earn a spot in the playoff. Lauren Brooks. Yeah, I think Gardner Minshew's been a good story, but this one is C.J. Stroud. Why not? Colt, R.J., Texans. Ooh, be careful, Hayes. I'm only 22 points down. I'm just saying, I'm going game picker-upper across the board here. Falcons at the Saints. I'm going to take the Saints here. I don't have a great feel about it either way, but I'll I'll take New Orleans simply because they're at home. Yeah, I can't go against I'll go to Saints too. RJ? Ah, ah, ah. Give me the Falcons. What? Upset pick by RJ? RJ, you okay? Okay, you sure you, you feel all right in there? Listen, Hayes always chooses the same teams I do. You always say I'm choosing. <laughs> it's, it's the other way around. Okay, I just want to make sure you're okay. But he was going first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? That was too easy. I wasn't even going to go there, okay? So, uh, so there you go. Okay, very good. Lauren Brooks. 
Oh, this one's hard for me because everyone knows how much I think Derek Carr's not a very good quarterback. But I think the Saints have a better football team overall. So I'll give RJ the game picker. Oh, RJ. Nobody goes down on a limb quite like RJ does. Game picker up for RJ. Uh, Hayes, Bears, Packers. I'm going to take Jordan Love and the Packers at home. Packers it is. RJ? This is why we have a problem. Give me the Packers. Double play for a second. Uh, Lauren? I will take the Chicago Bears yeah. in honor of my good friend Taylor Dahl. Right, I'm going to take the Packers, but I would have done just what you did. If it was out there, why not, right? And finally, Jags and Titans. Hayes Carline, he hails from the bowl school. I think it's going to be a wonderful day for the Jaguars. Uh, I think it's one of those games where it will be over early. We're going to see their first half surge that we saw in September and October, I think that comes back. The team is healthy. I think the Titans will. I like the Jaguars in this game, 27-6. to Lauren Brooks out of St. Peter's Middle. Yeah, I think the Jaguars win, even if C.J. Beathard had to play quarterback for some reason, although I think Trevor's going to play. I think this team knows that they want to run the football, and I think they'll be able to do it against the Titans. R.J. Saunders. Even if Matt Barkley had to play, we'd still win. Give me Jacksonville. All right. Normally I would go, again, I've been throwing Hail Marys every all year long. But I'm taking the Jags. I'm not going here. I, I've done the math. It's going to be hard to come back from 22 <laughs> points down. So yeah, but will, you could get, like, third or yeah. second, right? You're still yeah, in the running there. I, I could, but honestly. Yeah, you don't care. Second is the first right, loser. Right, in, this, in this, in this, you either win or you don't win. So, But I just don't want to go against the Jags. So I'm, I'm hyped up about this Jag game. So there you go. Those are our picks. Uh, one more time in the National College Football Championship, Lauren took Washington. By the way, Lauren took Washington. The rest of us took Michigan. I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I, I, think, I think that's a fourth-quarter game. That, uh, it's all, I'm not going to say a coin flip game, but I think that's a – wouldn't you guys be surprised if it's if – it's, if, if that thing's 45-10, wouldn't that shock you? It would. No? Yeah. If it's 45-10, I think Washington wins. I yeah. don't know that Michigan yeah. – I know the running attack right. is good, but I don't think Michigan's that high of a scoring team. But I think it's a good game. I think, the point I think it's things, a great game. I think, I think yeah. we're talking about that game for yeah. a while, even I, though it's not necessarily two teams that we care yeah, about. Yeah, I almost thought we might go 2-2 there. So I think that's a close game. Uh, Bills-Dolphins, I got the Dolphins at home. Game picker-upper. Uh, Texans-Colts, I got the Colts at home. Game picker-upper. Um, Falcons-Saints, uh, RJ's got the Falcons on the road. Game picker-upper. Packers Bears. Lauren's got the Bears on the road. Game picker upper, and we all like the Jags. One more time. Hayes Carlon wins for the first time. Gosh, I've enjoyed saying that. Uh, uh, with 84 total points, I will say this: he kind of blasted. He blew away the crowd. Uh, RJ uh, with 74 is going to finish second. Lauren's at 64. I'm at 62. It's and a battle for last. <laughs> it is a battle for last. Not that anybody really cares, but yes, we are battling nonetheless. Um, again, I think the the story of the picks. I don't care what you say. It's awfully hard, Hayes, to go under 500 when you're not picking against the spread. <laughs> okay, okay. Not anybody could pull that off. Yeah, I take a little pride in it. Yeah, so, there you go. Ours are skewed though because you're when you're playing catch up right. and you take a game picker up yeah. that you don't necessarily believe in. Right. Then Only, I did you're going to end up somewhere around yeah, 500. Did, I'm saying that I, so that I can yeah. feel better well, about myself. I did that. Well, to your credit, in the past you have done that uh, late, and I've did that, and I kind of. Um, uh, chart, uh, channel my inner you. I think I did that for the last month and a half. So yeah. I, th I threw up one and fives left and right, but okay. I, th I think we got a couple more this time. So, but there you go. Hayes Carline did a great job picking. Uh, we'll, we'll award a champion uh, next week. Uh, there won't be a whole lot of mystery in that. One more time. Oh, by the way, Moneyballs. Hayes also has won that. 
He's t- twelve and five in money balls. RJ's ten and seven. I'm nine and eight. Lauren's seven and ten. Oof. And then in game picker uppers, Hayes and Lauren both have five. I have four. RJ has three. Um, so there you go. And those are our stats for the picks. Uh, love the picks. Love the picks. Love the love the picks. And we have a. Uh, it's always uh, sad when the picks are over. It, I, and like I told you, just I miss Loser Monday. I did too. I mean, Loser Loser Monday. We're get, we're going to bring Loser Monday's coming back. Yeah, it's going to come back with a vengeance. Uh, Lauren, we still have the hat. Do you have? Is the hat at your house or is it here? Uh, I don't know why you're asking me that because I'm not the most recent loser. <laughs> Sorry, just couldn't help myself. <laughs> Sometimes I get on one of these rolls and I was Gibby I headed to up. consecutives. I, th- I think I think he was. Well, wasn't he? Let me tell you. I'll tell you right now. RJ's like, I'm not stepping into that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're. Yeah, well, yeah, it was. Uh, Gibby had three. Yes, he was. Gibby had three losses. Reimer had two. Lauren had two, and you and I had one each. Wow. So there you go. So, but uh, we'll start. We'll start a new um, uh, loser Monday. We'll come back. Uh, by the way, I still had more people ask about loser Monday. Oh yeah. Than 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 ever. Than, I mean, more people ask about loser Monday. The, yeah, it's uh, just paused. The uh, the. By the way, and can I let me just say this? I do have to tell the funniest loser Monday story. It involves our good friend, our pal. Again, the man we trust greatly, John Deneen. Okay, mm-hmm. because because when uh, I think we were in Cleveland on the were we in Cleveland when DJ Uwe Ungalale and Drake May threw none. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the greatest thing was John Deneen was was determined to send Lauren Brooks seventy eight texts. <laughs> and and one time Lauren looked me right in the eye and she goes, "Are you guys in on this?" And you and I both contorted our faces eight different ways. To say, no, no, we didn't have anything to do with that. Deneen's texting us while he's texting you. It was a great move from our, man, our friend John. How Deneen. did I know that this story would end up with <laughs> me being persecuted yet again? Well, How you, did I ever you know that where that story could possibly you, go? My friend John mm. Deneen was having a mm. good time Shocking. with us. Shocking. So, but anyway, Loser Monday comes back um, next year. Without question, poor, poor, and Deneen's gonna, Deneen will kill me now for telling that story. <laughs> it's a, at some point, you got to tell the story, don't you? I mean, at some point, Lauren deserves sure. to know that story at some point. So there's that. All right, one hour to go. Uh, the third hour of the program, we'll talk more Jags. We'll talk a whole lot more. You're going to hear from Evan Ingram again, as a matter of fact. Uh, we'll talk more Jags and Titans after this. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football. Football at 5. 5 o'clock somewhere. On the Frangie Show. It's Carlion, Lauren Brooks, R.J. Saunders with you. One hour to go in the program, one hour to go in the week before the Jags head to Nashville. All right. The, uh, we're going to hear from Ervin Ingram in a second. Before we do, first I'm going to enjoy some Beatles circa 1964. Absolutely. That, okay? So there's that. That's, you, like, you like the old Beatles, right? Your old Beatles. Right up my alley. Um, Black and white Beatles. That's, that's right. That's right. Um, the Ed Sullivan Beatles. As far as offensive skill guys go in Jaguars history, okay? Jaguars not counting quarterbacks. In Jaguar or, or counting quarterbacks. Offensive skill guys in Jaguars history. Uh, Fred and Jimmy, one and two, whatever order you want. Mm-hmm. Maurice Jones, three. Yes. Okay. 
Keenan McCardell four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mark Brunel in there somewhere. It's harder with quarterbacks, but Mark yeah. Brunel top five. I would say, yeah. Okay. Fifth at worst. For fifth at worst. He probably and has he, an argument to be fourth. And you can have your argument, how your yeah. discussion, but the, but the top five in whatever order you want to put them in, um, Fred, Jimmy, uh, Keenan, Mark, and Maurice Jones grew, grew. I mean, Keenan probably fifth in that group. But nonetheless, those are the five. Okay. Where's Evan Ingram? Now he's, got, he's only been here two years, so that's going to be that's a better question for two or three years. Yeah. But where could he be headed on that list? Well, Ser- I mean, seriously. I'm well, s- yeah. Well, he's behind Julius Thomas and Austin Safarian <laughs> Jenkins. No question um, about that. I, I a would, great tight end. Yeah, I would say. Um, I mean, yeah, I think he's got a chance. I mean, he's got a hundred catches. There's only, I mean, eight tight ends that have ever accomplished that. Second I, Jaguar I, ever did. Yeah, and so I mean, I, I think in in terms of that. And it's he's always, signed for a while. It's always hard to say that somebody who's only in their second year You're here right. I'm is like projecting. a top ten player. But I, I mean, look, yeah. there's not a lot I, else. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think you'd have to to consider him. And I mean, it, if he has two more years like this, oh, then yeah, he's he'll be top six, absolutely, right? You know, solidly in there. If I you mean, look at just receiving yards, it goes Jimmy obviously one, Keenan two. These are total yards. This is receiving only. But total receiving yards. Yeah, total receiving yards. Yeah. Mercedes Lewis is three. Okay. Evan Ingram will, if he stays here, will absolutely eclipse Mercedes Lewis. Sorry, Mark Long. Evan Ingram's a better player than Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes was a wonderful Jaguar. Different type of player, for sure. But he's a better player. tight end. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Number four is Mojo. Okay. Number five is A-Rob. Okay. Six is Ellen Hearns. Seven, Kyle Brady. Eight, Fred Taylor. Wow. That's receiving yards. So, so. It, it, if he plays there a few more years, he's going to be third on that list. That is correct. And third. he could get – so Keenan has 6,300. How many does Evan Ingram have as of now? As a Jaguar, I would say, like, what, 1,500? Yeah, probably. So it would ta- he would have to play here many years. Yeah, yeah I don't know him. that so he'll he'll get to Mercedes that. Mercedes has 4,500. Yeah. That might be more yeah. in range. And Mercedes is where, third on the list? He is third with yeah. 4,500. I'll bet you – I mean, how, how old is Evan? Evan is, I would guess, 28. Okay. 29. Okay. But he's got, yes, he could get, he he absolutely could get the, he could absolutely become third. Isn't it sad that Mojo's fourth on this list? Yeah. I mean, I know you can use running backs in all sorts of ways. I understand. But he's not Christian McCaffrey. Once you get beyond Jimmy and Keenan. Yeah. Oh, hasn't been much right. here at no, the receiver that, position. That, that, and that, with, that's going to be Yeah, with, yeah. Any, yeah. Cons- or, or with any consistency, yep. yeah. We talked about it at the top. Um, Evan Ingram's a guy, Hayes, and we said this a little bit on yesterday's show too, but it bears repeating. If you look at what he did and what he had to get done, he played in a season where Christian Kirk was down for a month, where Zay Jones was down a bunch, where Calvin Ridley was still trying to find his way. The one consistent – the one consistent receiver was Evan Ingram and a year where there was not much of a running game. The quarterback played through a, a host of injuries and he still had a hundred catches. And as we said yesterday, how many of those catches were first downs in the middle of the field, third down and 70 to catch an 11 yard pass. I mean, how many of those during this football season has Evan Ingram had, he has been such a monumental part of this this success this year. He really has, and and again, it's it's also a compliment to Doug Peterson. I mean, his offense is so tight end friendly, and so he has been able, for all the flaws of the offense this year, and for the disappointment I think overall of the offense this year, that has remained true. That Doug Peterson, tight ends, and his system and his scheme are going to have a chance to have big years. 
and Evan Ingram deserves full credit for taking full advantage of that. Again, Evan Ingram has more catches than Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, and Jamar Chase. That is three of the top six receivers in this league. Uh, and, and again, receptions aren't everything, but it just speaks to how often Evan Ingram is doing something positive because he doesn't catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage. So every time Evan Ingram makes a catch, something good has happened. It may only be like a four-yard gain, but sometimes it's a touchdown. Sometimes it's, it's an explosive play. Uh, but to, to have that many receptions speaks to his talent. And again, I do think they're only getting warmed up because obviously Trevor Lawrence isn't going anywhere. And Evan Ingram isn't going anywhere. So I think it's it's unfair to expect him to have 100 catches again next year. But certainly I think it's you, – you would bet the over-under, I would imagine, in Vegas next year is going to come in somewhere around 84.5. That is a ton of catches for a tight end. So just a magnificent year for Evan Ingram. Hopefully he does get the, the Pro Bowl nod, uh, and then hopefully he won't play in it because the Jags are in the Super Bowl. We will uh, hear from the uh, tight end of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hayes Carline caught up with him earlier today in the Jaguar locker room. All right, we're pleased to be joined with Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. It's great to see you. Happy New Year. You too, man. Good to see you too. Happy New Year. Lots of things to go through. I haven't seen you in a few weeks. First off, congratulations on the Good Guy Award. Thank you so much for all your help this year. We really appreciate it. I appreciate, it. I appreciate you guys. Y'all been awesome. Yeah, it's been fun. And uh, and congratulations on uh, the Pro Bowl alternate. I, I know I'm sure there was a tinge of disappointment you know, in it, but that's still a great honor, and you've had a wonderful year. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a great year. Uh, looking forward to finishing it off the right way with a division championship and making a run in the offs. Absolutely. Evan, how's it been so far this week in, in practice? Are you happy with the work that you guys have put in? Yeah, man, everybody's locked in. We know what's at stake. Uh, we know what we got to go do. Uh, we're playing against a team that's uh, not really playing for anything, but sometimes those are the most dangerous ones. So they're playing sport. They want, they're ready to play spoiler. Uh, but I, I like how we've been focused a lot then and our energy going into it. Obviously getting some pieces back this potentially this week. Christian, how good has it been to see Christian Kirk out there running around? It's a, it's a blessing, honestly. Um, just you know, his recovery going right. Um, on schedule, probably ahead of schedule, honestly, seeing him out there already. Um, just his presence, uh, his energy, and obviously, uh, you know, his, his playmaking ability, getting back on the field for us will be huge. What's the challenge in terms of timing? Hopefully you'll have Trevor, but obviously he's been, you know, in and out of the lineup. You got CJ who played well against Carolina, but what's the challenge from a, a timing perspective in the passing game, or is there one? Yeah, I mean... We got enough. We got a lot of reps today uh, with him out there, and um, obviously it is important to get a lot of reps throughout the week. But um, I feel like we we all have a great chemistry with Trevor. Um, he's a smart quarterback. He knows when and where to put the ball when, like when he has to, and uh, knows you know we have good indicators on when to let go of the ball for him. So uh, you know we have great chemistry uh, with him, and uh, obviously the work is good to be put in all week. Um, but sometimes you know like the adversity presents itself, but we can't get every single rep. So just gotta trust in each other. And, and uh, we'll cash in. You guys had a real clean game against Carolina. How pleasing was that to see? And are you hopeful that that can, can now continue as you guys play the finale and hopefully uh, in the tournament? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a mu- it's a must that we continue to play that way, uh, protecting the football, running the football. Um, obviously, we could have scored a little bit, a couple more touchdowns in the red zone, uh, but getting points um, is important. So uh, I think it's important. It's definitely important for us to continue that and to build on that and you know make that more consistent and make that our brand of football going into the playoffs and after that we win this game. You guys did fun, a phenomenal job in the first meeting against the Titans, had a 27 nothing lead. Uh, what were you guys able to do well in that game that you're hopeful can translate to the second meeting? 
protect the football, ran the football, um, scored touchdowns uh, as offense for sure. The defense did their thing. Um, and, uh, you know, them creating turnovers and, and causing havoc and, us, and giving us short fields to work. Uh, just complimentary football. We played complimentary football really well that day the first time. And um, obviously uh, time has passed. You know, we've, we've had some adversity. We've overcome it. And now we've got to go continue to do that the second time playing them. What challenges do they present defensively? They've had, obviously, some guys in and out of their lineup as well. Uh, you know, they, they play really hard. Um, they're really physical. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they've been in the system a while, so they're, they're on top of their assignments. Um, and they do a lot of good disguise stuff. They disguise a lot of coverages, um, kind of can throw us off a little bit and uh, can cause some confusion with communication. So um, it's a group that's been together for a while. They got some guys missing, but, uh, it's, you know, they're, they're, they run a good system and uh, they're going to be ready to compete. To have 100 catches in a year, I mean, what, what does that mean to you? Did you did, was that a number that was a goal at any point in your career? Or? Uh, honestly, no, I never uh, never gotten that. Honestly, you know, last year was the most catches I've had, and I was around 70-something. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's just me just honestly just committed to my craft, doing my job. Uh, I'm really obsessed with getting better every single day, um, you know, uh, being the best player I can be for my team um, and uh, and being great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really I work to be great. And, you know, those you know, 100 catches, you know, that's what grace that's what some of the greats do. So um, it's an awesome feeling. Uh, still one game to go. Um, and uh, I, I, I'd like a lot more catches in the playoffs, too, right. for sure. That that means a lot more as well. And what an opportunity Sunday to win a division in Nashville. I, I know it's it's a 60-minute game, but what will that be like if you guys are able to score one more point to, than, to, than the Titans on yeah, Sunday? I mean, it's been a lot of ups, ups and downs this season. Uh, and for us to you know be on the road, back against the wall, championship on the line um i you know we wouldn't want it any other way and uh, i think it's going to be a great day uh, a great celebration for us um in that locker room and on that playing back to jack so um that's what we're working for that's the motivation uh, to come home with a championship evan ingram thanks so much congratulations and best of luck to you appreciate you Hayes. yep thank you unbelievable year for evan ingram and hopefully it continues and yeah hopefully look we'd love to be talking about evan ingram 24 playoff receptions because that would mean the jaguars played a lot of games and played them well i gotta tell you and look they're probably gonna lose to the titans now that i'm gonna say this i'm probably gonna just be the ultimate jinx but i like where they are i've said that all along it's a long season man july to february it's six and a half months and you're gonna have ups and downs i think they have survived the downs I know they've lost four of their last five games. I almost think that's okay because, you know, you made the point yesterday, Hayes, which was a very good point, and that was even though it's similar circumstance to the Colts coming here two years ago, winning in, and then they got shockingly beaten by the, by the lowly Jaguars, but they were asleep at the wheel. And I, there's no way this Jaguars team is because of how they're built, because of their culture, and because they've lost four of their last five games. I mean, this is the team that, that struggled – but I, I'm around them. I don't sense there's any any part of them that, that it beat them up, that it broke them. I think there's the solidarity is still there. I, I, I really believe that. I think this is a team that believes in each other, that likes where it is. And, again, win the game, and it doesn't matter what anybody else does. It does Nothing matters if they will win the game. So I'm, I think they're going to win the game. We'll see. We'll take a break. More in a moment. 1010XL 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. 
back to more of a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. We'll talk more about this on a Monday's show, but let's touch on it at least. What do you think about Michigan-Washington? You, you like Washington that game, huh? Well, I mean, I watched, obviously, semi-final games really closely, and, I mean, it's hard to tell because Alabama is such a different team as far as – you know, the things that Michigan was trying to do against them than what they'd be facing in, in Washington. Alabama's not going to have Jalen Miller throw the ball 45 times, and they don't have the receivers that Washington does. So it's it's different. But I think Michigan has some flaws, and I think one of those flaws, honestly, is the quarterback, J.J. McCarthy. And I think Michael Penix, if he plays as well as he did, I think they can win the football game. Now, it's also easy to look at it and say, no, Michigan's better on the lines of scrimmage. Michigan's just going to bulldoze them, and that's that. Hey, it's Flash versus Smash. I mean, yeah. I mean, of all the Flash versus Smash matchups we've ever had, this is about as Flash versus Smash as it gets. It really is. And, and again, you know, one of the, the more underrated storylines, I think, and it'll pick up as the game gets closer uh, nationally, is just Kalen DeBoer, the Washington coach. I mean, it's, it's obviously Jim Harbaugh is a coaching star. Uh, he's been to a Super Bowl. He's now guided Michigan to the dominance of Ohio State and, uh, and now to the national championship game. But DeBoer is 104 and 11 as a college coach. I mean, now obviously that's a brief time at Washington. He's still 25 and two at Washington. But if you're 104 and 11 as a coach, I mean that is it, it's it's beyond remarkable. And it and so if you know, obviously I don't think there's any mismatch there. I mean, I I think you know they're both obviously excellent coaches and. I just think it it does come down to I think Michigan is stronger on both lines, and I I think it's it's going to be really difficult for Washington to protect Penix for as much as they're going to need to, and I just was really impressed with Michigan's front. I mean they had six sacks on Alabama basically before you blinked, and I I just think that if Alabama can't block you, my guess is Washington can't either. Washington's got the. Here's what it. Here's what they do have. They play. They win close games. I think it's like every it, all the last ten games been one possession or single digits. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, they 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 don't they don't blow anybody out. But I'll tell you this now: how many times do we expect them to lose? I mean, I can tell you the last two games they played, I expected them to lose both Oregon and and Texas, and they won both games. They didn't lose. You know, at the end of the day, the two undefeated teams, no matter how much we all fell in love with Alabama and Texas and Georgia and all these other one loss teams. The two undefeated teams are the two teams that are standing. There's something to be said for winning, and I, I, that's probably the point FSU fans want to make. Is the absolutely is the two undefeated teams are the ones that are still standing, and so. But I, but I think it'll be a, a really good game. To your point about Kalen DeBoer, let me tell you this: if they win that game, it'll be one of the great. It'll be one of the most legendary coaching jobs of all time. Yes, I mean, if they lose the game, it's still a magnificent. He's got a magnificent record, a magnificent future. And he'll do whatever he wants to do for as long as he wants to do it. It would appear, but he's still just the guy that the latest runner-up. But if they win that game against a Michigan team that took down the mighty SEC, it'll be one of the most memorable. You talk about a guy that could could name his job. I'll bet if he wins that game, because whether you like it or not, nobody thinks Washington's a destination job. Whether it is or isn't, that's that's the that's the perception. He will be the hottest name. At every job that comes open next year, pro jobs, 
college jobs, all of them, don't you think? I think that's the key because if I was an NFL owner, he's somebody that I would certainly want to get in front of and have a conversation with and, and see what, you know, his his knowledge level of the NFL is like and, you know, how does he need help? How much help does he need? Uh, because obviously he connects with people. I mean, you can't go 104 and 11 as a coach and and not have – the ability to really communicate, to teach. Uh, and so, you know, and, and I absolutely. I mean, obviously, how could you not if you're a college athletic director, university president at, at a major program? Because Washington's obviously a very good program. So it's there's only going to be probably, what, 15, 20 jobs in the country that would be perceived as absolutely a step up. Uh so any of those that come open this year, um, you know, particularly like Florida, if Florida opens up, how, how do you not uh, put him right at the top of your list? And uh, and I think even for the NFL, because what what his game, all these games in the NFL basically come down to the last possession. And this isn't a fluke. Like you don't have the record he has because you got lucky or the right things happened. I That's mean, right. obviously he has exceptional communication skills and management skills. Washington last made the college football playoff in 2016. At that point, Kalen DeBoer was the offensive coordinator slash coordinator, or sorry, slash quarterbacks coach at Eastern Michigan. How about that? That's how quickly of a rise he's yeah. made since the last time, and that was just seven so what years was ago. So what was the path? He, he was there. He, was, he, he started as a wide receivers coach at Sioux Falls where he had attended because so, okay. he played there. And then he was still at Sioux Falls in 2009. Then he went to Southern Illinois for three years. Then he went to Eastern Michigan for three years, all as uh, offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach or wide receivers coach. Then Fresno State for a season. As a head coach? No, as an offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. Same with Indiana. One season at Indiana, same title, and then not a head coach until 2020 at Fresno State. Okay, and he was only there, what, two years? Two years, two seasons, yep. And then he's been at Washington the last two. Yeah, I mean, mean, you're, you're right, Hayes. That's the story that's developing here is the greatness of Kalen DeBoer. I mean, I think we all agree. It was interesting. We had Aaron McMahon on last week from the uh, Ann Arbor News, and this shocked me. Not, not shocked me is too strong, but it surprised me a little. He's convinced Harbaugh's gone. You know, usually the beat guy from the hometown paper is kind of, well, you don't know that he's gone. Right. You know, he, he loves this it here. This is his alma mater. This is his alma you know. He, right. There was none of that. I, that's why I said to RJ after. Yeah. I was like, you don't normally have beat writers that are that, uh, I would say, uh, detached in a good way. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, he made – I mean, after hearing – I thought Harbaugh was leaving, but then after that interview, I'm convinced he's leaving. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, assuming he gets – San Diego, an San offer, Diego, but I but LA. I can't imagine that he won't. Yeah. And I do think they'll they'll end up being five or six jobs that are available. I can't imagine one of those five or six NFL owners isn't going to be interested in Jim Harbaugh. Uh, so yeah, I I think this is it. I think Harbaugh wins and goes off into the sunset to go try and now become one. How many coaches have won both the national title and Super Bowl, Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, because uh, we obviously had this when the Jaguars hired Urban Meyer. Yeah. Barry, Barry uh, Switzer didn't do it. Did I it? think Switzer did do Switzer, it. Switzer, yep, yeah, because he won it with the Cowboys. So I want to say it might be three. Yeah. Uh, and not many. so not many. Yeah. And so Jim Harbaugh would be trying to become the fourth. <laughs> we had this. Conversation Urban Meyer was just so close. <laughs> so Urban yeah. was right there, so close to that Super Bowl. Yeah, I thought that Urban boy, boy. 
I am so shocked. I thought <laughs> that he didn't win the Super Bowl. Um, By the way, it's four, and I'm getting the list now, but the answer is four. Jimmy Switzer, Carol. That's what I'm trying to figure out is the other one. Who would be the other one? Paul Brown. There we go. Paul Who coached Brown. Ohio State in 1942 right. and then the Cleveland Browns. Okay, so he didn't win a Super so Bowl, but he won an NFL championship. Yes. Okay. So yeah, so there you go. if we count that. Yeah, I'll count them. I'll count them. Um, he said, <laughs> Paul Brown said, absolutely, I'm counting it. Time now for Best Bet, What to Watch. The Best Bet does such a great job. We love having the Best Bet as our sponsors, our Monday sponsor every day, and they always sponsor our Best Bet, What to Watch. On Fridays, the Winter Open Satellites kick off uh, with a $100 no limit hold'em. That starts on Monday uh, and into event number one, uh, uh, Tuesday, January 9th at 3 o'clock. Then Wednesday, the 10th, that's next Wednesday, catch the $280 no limit hold'em satellite into the Winter Open main event. That's at 3 o'clock. All kind of fun stuff. That winter open is fantastic. You can't wait to get over there. If you really want to have a lot of fun, there's three great locations. That St. Augustine location is absolutely beautiful. If you haven't seen that right off the interstate there, the Orange Park location, uh, as soon as you get over the Buckman Bridge right there on 17, and, of course, that beautiful Jacksonville location on Monument Road. Pretty easy to tell you what to watch this week. There's only one choice. Uh, The Jags can win the division for the second consecutive year, only the second time they will have gone back-to-back in their 29-year history. They've got a win at 1 o'clock Eastern uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, against the Tennessee Titans. I hope you're all watching it. Actually, I hope you're all listening to it. But the best bet, what to watch, Jags and Titans coming up in Nashville. We'll take a break. Lauren wraps the program with her news and notes after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. You know, well, I'm a chicken fried. A cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And a radio. Football League. That means game 17 for the Jaguars as they end the regular season going up to take on the hated Tennessee Titans. What do the injuries look like? Take it away, The personal injury attorneys of Farrah and Farrah present this injury update. Farrah and Farrah. Jacksonville. Exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. As always, we will begin with the Jags for Jacksonville. Three players are listed as questionable. For the Sunday showdown in Nashville, that being Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, as well as Trevor Lawrence, all are noted as questionable for this weekend. Jones still nursing a knee-slash-hamstring injury. Kirk still dealing with that groin injury. And Trevor Lawrence, with a right shoulder and left finger injury, has him penciled in as questionable for the team's season finale contest against Tennessee. For the Titans... They have four players listed as questionable for Sunday's contest against the Jags. Colton Dowell, Anthony Kendall, TJ McClendon, or McLinden, I'm sorry, and Caleb Farley are all out for the Tennessee Titans for this weekend showdown. Will Levis, Daniel Brunskill, Jalen Duncan, Caleb Murphy, and Kevin Rader are all questionable in what will be the team's final game of the year. And that is your fair and fair injury update. Well done, RJ. I already gave you guys the stat from John Osher that the Jaguars are 9-0 when leading at the half, 0-7 when trailing at the half. Another stat, or a few stats from Johnny O. The Jaguars are 7-1 this season when rushing for more than 100 yards. 
So that is certainly a key to this game is if you can get ETN going. He has scored two touchdowns in four games this season. The Jaguars are 4-0 and in those games. And I will tell you, that will be not just this game. I think when they self-scout, as you say, uh, the one thing they've learned about themselves is they got to run the football. They've got you got to you got to win the physical battle and you got to run the football. And I think you will see a real uh, sense of urgency to run it again this week, just like you did a week ago, Hayes. Yeah, and again, it's uh, it's time. This is the time of year where the run game has to be emphasized, even if you've had a wonderful year throwing it all around. I mean, this is this is the time that you have to make something happen uh, on the ground, and and you got a great player and. Travis Etienne, and I'm I'm intrigued to see a little bit more with with Tank Bigsby. Uh, it, you know his rookie season isn't over. Go make something happen. You know, go have a great January. Uh, that'd be fantastic. You know, and don't wait until the off season. You know, go go make it happen now. And uh, you know, so it's I I think they'll certainly be devoted to it. Um, Doug Peterson has said throughout the week that you know that was a, a massive takeaway from the Carolina win. Uh, is is their devotion to it. So, you know, make Tennessee stop it. They don't have Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, I don't think they have much of a front seven without him. Uh, so, you know, keep yourself in, in good, manageable, down and distance and should be fine. And certainly for people that are just tuning in, Trevor Lawrence, like RJ said, listed as questionable. You're leaning towards the fact that you think he'll play, Frank? I, I do. Uh, and and it's, Lauren, it's a guess. I mean, I, I I don't want to say, hey, I've got some wink, wink inside sure. information. I don't think anybody. Well, that's what we've done so many times this yeah. season with Trevor, guess yeah. as to whether or not he's yeah. going to play. I, I, so I'm going to guess he's going to try it. Um, I, I, what I do believe is nobody knows even now. Now, they got to decide tomorrow because he's got to get on the plane. I don't think he's getting on the plane and not playing. So I think if he gets on the plane, he's going to play. Um, it might be one of those situations where he plays, Beathard's the backup, but they dress Matt Barkley as the emergency. Just in case he can't, I would not. You know, he's on. Barkley's on the fifty-three now, by the way, so he can be the emergency, not count against your actives, but still be in uniform. So would you can't do that if you're if you're on the practice squad. So I think there's a chance they do it. They play it that way, but I don't think anybody will know until at least until tomorrow, if not game day. That new rule really helps the Jaguars here because in in days of old, you would have had to have worried about well, if we make Trevor active, and he can only give us like eight snaps before he comes over and says, I just can't throw. It's just, or he gets hit. That's right. uh, it, it really puts you in a bind. But now you do have the luxury of uh, of, of doing everything you can do to, to have him active and, and still have your bases covered. So, you know, that's another intriguing part of the Christian Kirk decision. And we'll know uh, definitive, I would say definitively, uh, tomorrow if they activate him, then I think he's going to yeah. play. My, my guess is they're all going to play. Yeah. And, and it's a wild Zay, guess. Christian, Trevor. But I'm going to guess that they're going to try and play. Frank, you wanted to talk hardball today? Yeah, you know what? I never really got to it, so we'll do, we'll do it next week. It wasn't an important thing, Lauren. But it looks like now that, that the Yankees might sign Blake Snell, or, oh. or if not, Jordan Montgomery. If that happens, then the difference between um, payrolls. The haves and the have-nots. I mean, I mean it'll, it'll be – not that it hasn't always been comical, but it will be more comical than it's ever been. If if the Yankees get Montgomery or Snell, um, after everybody, I mean, it almost, honest to God, it almost feels like the Dodgers and the Yankees are the only two teams paying anybody. Now it's not that, but I mean, the Braves just got Chris Sale and they're paying him what thirty eight over two years, something like that. But it, I mean, the the difference between the four or five good teams and rich teams and the others, 
and, and we'll talk. And I, and I got more stats to kind of back that up. But yeah, I, I never got to it today. But you know, thank you for asking about it. But I just think it'll be Hayes. I just think it'll be as crazy, ridiculous as it's ever been. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually excited about the baseball season. I'm, I'm curious to see what you know. Certainly, what the Dodgers look like. Because yeah. uh, I mean, who doesn't? You yeah, know, everybody wants who to see doesn't it. get curious about a team that might be one for the ages. Uh, and you know, certainly from a Braves fan perspective, you're you're not backing away from right. anybody. You've got the best young nucleus of talent in baseball. Yeah. I I think, Lauren, I think, and I've told you this before. I think the Rays are one of the most fascinating stories in sports. They're Less getting with rid. More. They're getting rid of all their good players. Yeah. Oh, they're always getting rid of all their good players. Always. It's ridiculous. Uh, to Hayes' point, you've always made. You can't be a fan because you because the jersey you bought will be obsolete next year. You can't buy a jersey. What jersey are you going to buy? It's gone. You're, you can't buy a jersey, right? So it's, it's gone next year, yet you'll look up and they'll win 94 games and be in the wild card. And so, anyway, it'll be fun to watch. It will be interesting. Are either of you paying attention when it comes to the NBA? Are either of you paying attention to Victor Wimbanyama? It was amazing last night. I didn't watch the game, but just the highlights and seeing him make the steal. He takes two steps and goes from half court to behind the back as he drives into the paint, and then I, when I first saw it, I didn't think he the dunk was good because he barely jumps, but he doesn't have to, and and he beat the seven four. Yeah, he beat the defender, and and I mean it was just the the athleticism. It I've I have never seen somebody that tall be that agile. It is unreal. I mean, I, there's not even somebody that I can compare it to. I mean, it's stratospherically way ahead from an agility standpoint of anyone that I've ever seen that's that far over seven feet. And uh, and then you had Jokic bearing the, mm-hmm. you know. Against the Warriors. Yeah, to beat the Warriors. So, I that mean, was a some, crazy shot. That was a Steph shot. It was. So it was just some incredible highlights last night. I'm sure RJ was uh, enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, RJ, let me ask you a question. You follow the league closer than we do. Wemby's unbelievable to, to the point Lauren and Hayes just made. But they've won five games. How long will it take them to become something, or will they while he's there? It's going. It's definitely going to take a minute. Um, I do believe in in their front office because they do, um, they do make moves. Um, normally, when it was in the Duncan era, you were getting more established vets. But you do understand you're going to have to get young guys. But you're going to have to do that via trade. Um, I don't know if there are too many free agents that are out there that are going to look at San Antonio as a destination. But if Wimbenyama can continue playing the way that he is, and Devin Vassell is a great young player, um, worth every penny that San Antonio gave him, if those two are your cornerstones of the franchise, I believe that you can get a couple of pieces. Um, championship, I don't know um, as of right now, but um, the rebuild is in good hands after after seeing what Wimby did last night against Giannis. It seems like the NBA in-season tournament is going to be like the cover of Madden where you don't want to be on it slash you don't want to win it. The Lakers are 3-9 and nine since winning the in-season tournament. I'm not saying that with joy, RJ, since you're a Lakers fan. Just pointing that out. All right, let's get it to college basketball next Friday. Like we've said, we will be at UNF as UNF plays host to JU in the first edition of the River City Rumble. Tomorrow is Florida playing host to Kentucky. Got a gut feeling, Frank? No, I don't. Um, I always pick Kentucky to beat Florida because they usually do. So they're 109 and 41 against Florida. Is that what it was? 109 and 41. I told you I'm still scarred from the 101 48 yeah. when I was in school. And that's a bad loss, 101 to 48. Um, I, I'm going to have to see him, Hayes, beat Kentucky before I'm convinced he can win games like that. So I don't pretend to know the makeup of the Kentucky team. 
Um, I, I'm gonna. I think Kentucky's gonna beat Florida, and I'm gonna feel that way. And that's such a such an uneducated opinion because I don't pretend to know those Kentucky players. But I'm gonna feel that way, Hayes, until I. He's gonna have to prove to me. Then the, whatever new Florida coach shows up mm-hmm. is gonna have to prove to me they can beat Kentucky before I'm gonna pick them to do. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I do think they're going to beat Kentucky. I've got a Gator 74 to 70. All I, right. I think, uh, I, I think they, they can match Kentucky on the glass. And I think that's going to really be in there at home and it's the conference opener. And, and I do think Florida has been battle tested throughout. Again, this Florida team is yet to lose when it has all its players. Uh, and and so I I like the matchup. Um, obviously, it'll be a great game. And Kentucky obviously is the far better program. But I think uh, tomorrow at 1230, I think the Gators get it done. I'm with Hayes. I think so, too, and, and mainly because of the guard play, actually. I mean, the, the rebounding has been great and everything, but I think the guard play has improved so much. Uh, quickly, UNF lost a close one at Stetson last night, falling 75-74. to 74. Next up, UNF is at Florida Gulf Coast tomorrow at 7 p.m. JU lost at Florida Gulf Coast 80-70 to 70 last night. And then, of course, flip-flop. JU at Stetson tomorrow, tipping off at 2 p.m. So lots of local basketball. Those games are interesting. I watch both of them. You can watch them now. I love it because ESPN Plus, you can watch them on the big screen. I was watching both games kind of going back and forth. UNF led the whole way. UNF totally outplayed this guy, Literus for UNF, who's really good. Uh, Totally outplayed Stetson. Stetson made a run right at the end, got within a point, made a shot to win it within 10 seconds or so and beat beat UNF by one. It was a heart-wrenching or, or a, a heartbreaking loss, gut-wrenching for the, the Ospreys. The JU game, Gulf Coast, who just beat FAU, by the way, the really good FAU team. Mm-hmm. Gulf Coast, which point you made yesterday, Gulf Coast was up 22 points with five to play. And, it, and JU cut it to eight. It was 22 points with five to play, and JU cuts it to eight, but just ran out of time and lost by 10. So uh, uh, both teams battled, but both teams started 0-1. All right, time now for today's takeaways. Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. My takeaway is enjoy this weekend. It's been a while that we've been waiting for the Jaguars to be good in consecutive seasons. It has arrived. Be safe going to Nashville. Have a great time and go Jaguars. I like it. Yeah, my takeaway I told you guys, the Jaguars are 9-0 and when leading at the half, 0-7 when trailing at the half. So this is a massive game for them to take the lead in the first half. And look, we talked about it all offseason, that the pass rush was going to be great when the Jaguars had a lead. It hasn't worked out exactly like that this season, but when the Jaguars had a lead against the Panthers, albeit not a great team, the Jaguars got after the quarterback in Bryce Young. I think the same thing can happen as long as the Jaguars have a lead, even if it's just field goals. McManus, another big day for him. Get the lead, get after the quarterback, and uh, hopefully right off into the sunset playing host of the Browns next weekend. Yeah, and what underscores that, that's a great stat, and what underscores that stat, or what that stat underscores, I should say it the other way, is one more time the, the importance of a good start. Look, both of these teams, say what you want, they've both lost four out of five games. When you've lost four of your last five games, starting fast matters. I mean, it really does. I mean, it's a confidence thing. They started fast last week. Uh, yeah, I think the first quarter, quarter and a half of this game is really important. I think the Jags are going to win. I think they have the better team. But uh, it's the NFL anything can happen. Let's say hello to Rick Bellum. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Baloo, big yeah. one in Music City, bro. Oh, my goodness. 
Big win. It's all on the line. It is all on the line. Throw everything out the window. Confident? Yeah, I think they win, regardless of who the quarterback is. Uh, they're a better team. And, um, you know, I, my only concern is is Tennessee's a much better team than what they showed last week. I mean, you go back to their last five games, they, what, they've lost three of them by a field goal, won in overtime, and, and they went out and won a game in, uh, in Miami. So, you know, if they play hard, it's going to be really interesting. Um, but, you know, this is probably it for Tannehill. I think he's going to be a little inspired to go out and play. It's probably it for Henry. Who knows if it's it for Mike Vrabel. So, I, I think the effort's going to be outstanding. You know what I did last night? No. Watch hockey. Did you really? How about me watching hockey? What do you think about that? Did you watch the Pittsburgh-Boston game? Of course I did. It was on here. I didn't even look at it once. You didn't look at it? Why yeah. didn't you look at it? Because I have my full-out divorce with Boston. It's still going on. Oh, you okay. So you st- I, yeah. I didn't know that. The I know it was a 6-5 ongoing. final. Okay. Crosby had a goal and assist. Brad Marchand had two. Yeah. But I didn't watch it. Okay. Okay. I watch NHL on fly every morning. What about me watching it? I mean, I mean, proud of you. And so, but I do have a, I have an honest. Sidney Crosby, seventy points against Boston in his career. Yes, but I have an honest question because I'm watching it. and I don't know hockey. So the Penguins take the lead six to five, and the Bruins pulled the goalie like three minutes. Is that normal? No, I thought you did at the end of the game. You do that. That's. Did you really not watch when that happened, or joking? I did. I have not watched the Bruins all year. I really not I one game. Now yeah. I watch NHL on fly every morning okay. because I still love hockey and I still but, am involved in everything. But but they but they literally pulled the goalie yeah. with like three minutes. That's a lot faster than you normally do. Yeah, I mean I'm like yeah. I'm like I didn't know. Typically that's how it's you did it. less than two minutes. You know, maybe ninety seconds to go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. That was uh, it was a big victory for my Penguins. It I was. Didn't know if you knew that or not? I have no idea what the record is. I have no idea any of the players on the team other than Sidney Crosby. But I turned it on. I thought of you. I said Rick will be watching this, and so will I. Uh, we kind of bonded right there. So Malkin's a Hall of Famer too. Yeah. yeah okay. You so, know, on okay. on that team, Pittsburgh's got a couple of them. So right, what's coming up tonight? Um, you know, tonight I'm really looking forward to it. This should be a lot of fun tonight because there's, there's so many what ifs. And the next time we sit here on Monday. Is it, as expected, Jags win, host the playoff game? Is the season over? Or is it somewhere in between where you need all these other three three things to happen with Pittsburgh, Denver, and, and obviously no tie between Indianapolis and and uh, and Houston? So just kind of have a, you know, kind of stare into the future a little bit and try to prognosticate. So uh, we'll do that. Uh, Going to check the money live from Las Vegas. It really Changed significantly yesterday. It went down two points from five and a half to three and a half. Uh, so a lot of money came in on Tennessee. We'll hear from the Philly Rooster live from Las Vegas. He'll tell us the very latest on this matchup. All right, Rick. See you tonight. Uh, before we get out of here, um, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Who do you think wins? I'm going to take Pittsburgh because Baltimore's standing with Lamar. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to take Pittsburgh as well. I think Baltimore beats them. I agree with Pete Prisco. I, I think even, even without Lamar, you made the point earlier, Lauren. Huntley's not terrible, and he knows what to do now. He's he's played there a long enough time. You know he's but been Tomlin is Tomlin. That's what yeah, I always come yeah, back to. Yeah, I I think uh, I think I bet you the I bet you the Ravens, I bet you the Ravens beat him. I'll see what they have. Folks, that'll do it for our program. We don't go anywhere. Rick Belugo's into the night right now. Oh, it's a big football weekend. Carline will be up there. I'll be up there. It's gonna be cold in Music City. Let's go. That's okay. Uh, enjoy your weekend, everybody. Uh, we'll be back uh, on Monday to recap what we hope is a win and preview a game against Cleveland. That's our hope. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, I'm Frank Francis. So long.